Hello, everyone. Thanks for checking out the Direct Input Podcast. Today is Tuesday, August 28th. We are in Spencer at the home studio with Mike Shea. I forgot to hit fucking record earlier. <laughs> I'm fucking burnt off a good fucking 10 minutes. I couple of professionals tight. here, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, wait. I think you told me in the last podcast that you were teaching at a community college. I did that, yeah. Would that, that'd be a big failure, what I just did there, huh? Fucking fucking up. <laughs> fucking not delivering an assignment, not delivering an episode. I, I might give you a B minus for that, yeah. B minus, <laughs> fucking class participation's high, huh? Could, yeah, yeah, yeah. So fucking legendary football blogger. That's like that's part of your thing. Oh, is that part? Of, it's uh, it, I I don't know about that, but uh, I did a blog. Uh, it was really poor. Uh, it was really unpopular. Uh, and then down the stretch, uh, we had the Flate Gate happen. Uh, I wrote some things that uh, resonated pretty well with people. Um, my last couple uh, entries had, I don't know, like a couple hundred thousand hits apiece. Uh, I decided to go on a, on a high note and get a real job and uh, move on with my life. Uh, we had, to, we, it was me doing the whole fucking thing. I uh, did a piece called uh, 31 Reasons to Get Off Your High Horse, NFL Fans. Uh, it's talking about, um, you know, the, all the different embarrassments and cheating scandals and uh, et cetera that went along with every single team that wasn't the Patriots. Uh, we did a breakdown of, I think the piece was called uh, Here He Is America the guy you side with over Tom Brady, which was about uh, Peyton Manning and yes. how he's, yes. you know, the serial teabagger, I believe, is, <laughs> is what you would refer to Mr. Manning as. Yeah, it's funny because I, I brought up in that um, the the teabagging scandal, which, you know, it was something that a friend of mine and I had talked about where he remembered as, a, as just like a blurb in a Sports Illustrated when Peyton Manning was still in Tennessee that he had... You know, as a, a quote unquote prank, jumped on a, a female trainer's face with his bare ass, uh, and there was a big fallout about it, and then they went to court over it, et cetera. She was on a weight bench, too, I think. She was a, yeah, she's an athletic trainer. Right. Yeah, yeah. She was. It's not uh, like they held her down like Mad Men and just fucking, you know, like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But still, you don't, you don't fucking do that. <laughs> yeah, right, right. But uh, yeah, that, that went unnoticed for. Uh, a long time. Uh, a woman named Christine Brennan at USA Today had written about it. Uh, and that was the only story that y- you can find on it in a long, long time. And then Sean King dug it up right before uh, Super Bowl 50. And then if you went searching for like Peyton Manning, teabagging, or whatever, the only other results were Christine Brennan in, you know, 2000 talking about this and myself. So I got a whole. You know, slew of hits out of that. Um, Fucking Sean King blew that open, though. He did. So yeah, that guy gets a lot of hate, dude. <laughs> he does. Uh, he's a he's a good writer. Uh, a little quick to ring the uh, the race war alarm on uh, on stuff, but uh, yeah, he he was the one who 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 dug up the court papers. Um, and it wasn't like a, it was like a moral judgment. It was a matter of this happened. And no one's talking about it. And th- these these were the comments that I was getting on my original blog. Was fucking uh, Peyton Manning, such a unique uh, a unique uh, animal in that you know 
his diehards come from not just Colts fans, not just Broncos fans, but Tennessee. So there's three different markets that are like feverish. Peyton Manning, you cannot criticize this guy with whatsoever, fans. Central Mountain Time. Yeah. And, and these motherfuckers were coming to my blog and telling me I'm a fucking liar. None of this ever happened. There's no <laughs> proof that this ever happened. No and then years later, Sean King says, hey, there, here are the court documents. Here are the transcripts from the court. This is a thing that happened. Why haven't we ever discussed it? And it, that, that, Those I mean, dudes probably fucking thought Inquisition was innocent, too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seriously. Hey. <laughs> so silly. This fucking court documents and fucking... It's clearly a hush-hush fucking sort of situation, right? You know? Exactly. I mean, the the point wasn't whether, you know... It, maybe it's not... Listen, everybody does stupid things when, they, when they're younger. I certainly did. I'm sure you did. Uh, you know, I would like to think that, that some people have... That, that people, you know, deserve a chance to grow up. But to say that this never happened, it's it's factually wrong. I don't know. So it was kind of vindicating to see that blow up. And then the last piece, the last, yeah, the very last thing that I published on Pat's Greek uh, was uh, right after the Patriots won Super Bowl Forty Nine, and the piece was called "We're the Champs" and there's no need to be classy about it. And it was kind of my my goodbye before I, uh, I. I on top of going out on top, I had taken a job uh, with NBC Sports and didn't want to be uh, slandering people that I was maybe under a, a corporate umbrella with. Uh, so it was a good time to walk away. Final answer? Final, final answer. Yeah, I, <laughs> I have no no ambitions on, on sports. I, I, I had talked to um, the editor at uh, uh, Patriots Wire, the USA Today um, yeah. wing of, of uh, and we, we we talked a little bit about um, maybe contributing for them, but you know he said how much how much would you want to contribute? They're looking for somebody to do something like every day. I said you know what I I work enough like I that's really not what I'm looking for. So he was nice enough to talk to me, but it it, it wasn't going to work out. Well, you for one understand the craft that goes into writing, and it's not just something you can pull out of your ass, fucking. You know, like, you don't really want to fuck with a deadline enough as is because you got fucking, you know, a nine to five to fuck, you know, worry about. You exactly, know? yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, ultimately, fuck it, you've, you've turned all this anger into fucking Twitter. <laughs> I, I guess that's one way to look at it. Um, it's it's something that uh, everybody's good at something. Mine is, is talking shit on Twitter, I guess. But it's kind of fucking interesting. It's actually... I think the better, better way to address this is it's fucking embarrassing that national fucking writers, local writers, can't fucking pick up on shit that, like you pick up. I mean, this shit going on in training camp right now with the Patriots, just stupid shit about fucking players not reporting or whatever, that fucking you're all over, you know? It's like, I don't get it. I mean, it's 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 certainly not just me. There's there's you know a lot of really knowledgeable fans out there. But like I, I, I say it all the time, if, if you're going to call yourself a columnist, uh, a contributing writer, a beat writer, what have you. If you're going to call yourself a sports writer for a specific team in general, you should be able to recite the the, the full 53-man roster. You should be able to recite the depth chart. You should be able to uh, break down a play. You should be able to tell the difference between a, a, a zone and a man coverage from a pre-snap look. Like you should be able to tell me as a fan something that I don't know about the game of football. I should learn something new when I read your work. And, you know, 
not even just the slapdicks out there that are that are just putting together 200 words for for 10 bucks or whatever like senior accredited writers that cannot tell you a single thing about the game of football your ben volans your your dan shaughnessy's your if fucking ron borders even exists anymore your your ron borgeses guys who cannot break down the game of football and tell you something that an avid fan can't tell you better one of the best things you talked about in the last uh, episode was uh, regarding the book that Stephen Belichick wrote, Football Scouting Techniques. Yes. I bought the fucking thing. <laughs> it's I read dense. It. Oh, <laughs> fucking dense, kid. Fucking you telling me. The thing's like fucking, I don't know. But what's fascinating about that is, and I've seen you and there's a few other guys on Twitter. And it's weird. It took me forever to get into Twitter. I've been angry that I didn't pick up on it 10 years ago because I think it's way, way more interesting than fucking Facebook. Or, oh, yeah. And I like Instagram, too. Don't mind. But, like, it's just fucking whatever. Twitter's fucking the real deal. It's like I, that's what I wanted Facebook and that aggression to be like. Nowadays, I just share stuff. Hey, I got to show his, you know, what I'm doing, business stuff, you uh-huh. know. But with Twitter, fucking, you have this ability now with fans of breaking down fucking game film. Uh-huh. And fucking recycling shit. And part of what you've talked about there, explaining the difference of man coverage and fucking zone, it's like these writers can't even fucking with their pens or keyboards articulate fucking what the hell is happening with these fucking situations. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They're kind of taking like a fucking television approach to fucking narration rather than fucking a radio. You know what I mean? Yeah, I I mean, that's that's the old guard of of sports writing is that... You know, some people are still approaching this like it's the fucking the the 1935 Brooklyn Dodgers or something, and you know you're either at the game or you're listening on a fucking on a radio at a at a drugstore or some shit, and like and you need a, a a sports writer to tell you what happened in the game. It's like I can go on Game Pass. I can for you know 20 bucks a month. I can get a Game Pass subscription. I can get the, get the all 22 film. I can look at the plays myself in addition to watching the game on TV live. And I can tell you why so-and-so missed an assignment. I can tell you why so-and-so got pressure or they gave up whatever in that. There's just a, a, there's a lot of dead weight out there, I guess is the point. It kind of speaks a lot. It's sort of like lately I felt a lot of anger towards uh, the generations that came before me, particularly <laughs> like people born in the 60s. Uh-huh. Until like the mid seventies, uh-huh. who did nothing to stop what's going on now. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? I do. Like that's what fucking like I'm I'm feeling like angry about, and I feel like they've enabled this culture of fucking hack writing. You know, like I I think te- technology's been fucking stifled because of it, largely in part. Mm-hmm. But like fucking ultimately, like fucking. I don't know, dude. Fucking, like, it's just crazy to me that you, a football blogger that fucking does this for fun, fucking breaks a story that fucking Sean King ultimately fucking blows open. You know, like, you're like, you you were, there was one other person that wrote about it who was a collegiate fucking reporter on the local beat for that whole fucking thing, I think, right? Was that what that chick was? Christine Brennan? No, she was a, she was a, uh, like, staff writer for USA Today. Oh, fuck. So when did that article drop? When was that? Like 2000. Oh really? Yeah. So, so he was already. I thought that was because they picked up on the fucking. So that's even more clearly like a hush hush sort of fucking situation. Yeah, like, I mean, this was during like Peyton Manning's like first or second year in the NFL. She was like, "Hey, you know, let's not forget about this thing that happened." And everybody said, "Yeah, let's let's forget about this as fast as fucking possible." Yeah. Uh, no. Well, there's a lot of money in that fucking guy. 
Yeah. And it's all going away, that fucking Papa John's motherfucker. He's done. <laughs> Fuck that shit. See you later, asshole. Dude. Uh, yeah. Yeah, he, he's... <sighs> what did he do? He said he said he dropped an M-bomb in a conference call or something like that? Dropped an, dropped an M-bomb in a, in a conference call. Um, and I, I think this, the story was he was explaining what not to say. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so he was doing the training... <laughs> it was, it, it, yeah, leading by example. Um, yeah, it's just funny, man. Like how the fascination with that word uh, amongst you know certain white people. Uh, it, it just seems like you know go, looking at, at so many of the 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 political arguments that we have in front of us right now. Like just how many of them? How many people that align themselves with like the lunatic far right that just for whatever reason, seem to want the right to say the N-word whenever they want to say it. Like, even when you're explaining the story of what not to do, like, you still can't bring yourself to say the word. Like, it's just just leave it alone. Find find something else to do to, to make yourself feel edgy. Yeah, I mean, if anything, what I get out of that is ultimately the guy wasn't just dropping it singular, you know? Like, uh-huh. you can't just say... Uh. He was probably, like, fucking rifling off fucking compound sentences and shit <laughs> and fucking breaking it down, like, with a sentence diagram and, like, fucking, yeah. you know, injecting adverbs and all that shit, you know, like, fucking, I don't know. That guy always creeped me out. Fucking, I think that pizza sucks to begin with, and uh, I don't believe in pizza from the Midwest. Fuck that shit. It shouldn't be here to begin with. Dude, Peyton Manning kissed him. Peyton Manning won his final Super Bowl and kissed <laughs> Papa John and rode off into the sunset. That was his last act as <laughs> a professional football player was putting his lips on Papa John. <laughs> oh, that's right. I buried that dude. I didn't want to think about that. But th- now, what was? Why was that significant? Because was that before like he like gave the trophy to somebody? Like didn't he kiss him before somebody else? Like important? Like- the 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 game ended. Everybody ran onto the field, and Peyton Manning uh, was about to go to. He was he was making Fuck. his way to the podium to get his. To get his trophy for the trophy ceremony, and he saw Papa John, and they embraced, and he kissed him <laughs> on oh, live man. TV. That's a hard one. <laughs> <laughs> Seeing some election results. Is this Florida? Some some shit. Right Arizona. Here? You brought up a good point earlier, where you talked about the factuality, the factual fucking evidence that this shit happened with Peyton Manning, and people uh-huh. fucking disregarded it, right? Yeah. We got John McCain who just died. Yep. And what's fucked up, I mean, the situation with Trump, it doesn't surprise me. You know, he was, um, for those listening in time, fucking, he was refusing to basically lower the fucking um, flag at half mass. He didn't make an immediate statement, and mm-hmm. he's got this well documented fucking tiff. Um, a lot of people kissing John McCain's ass posthumously. And I can't agree with that. Mainly because that fucking guy enabled Sarah Palin who I think was the fucking benchmark, the first fucking wave of this, of this fucking ideological fucking shit where nobody believes what what's facts, you know? Like, they rewrite it for their own purpose and shit. Yeah, you'd be correct there. Definitely. 
It's fucking startling, though, dude. And it's like, it's all the same shit. It's like fucking Central Mountain Time, motherfuckers, man. <laughs> fucking, it's Peyton Manning, guys. Fucking, and you know what they're doing now? They're fucking hating Tom Brady for fucking stretching and eating avocados. Uh-huh. They're picking on Tom Brady because of that. And God forbid he fucking stretch. I got to listen to that fucking jerk-off fucking off. Was that, like, uh, who's that guy in the Chiefs there? That fat bastard who was on fucking, uh... Uh, on fucking hard knocks talking about fucking uh, you're on stretch you're gonna fucking run on Normandy them guys oh, on stretch Jesus. yeah yeah I mean at the inside every shitty franchise is a, is a you know cluster of coaches who think they're smarter than everybody like they do how, how do you look at a guy like Tom Brady who's playing in, at the highest level possible into his 40s uh, accredits it to uh, it's simple stuff, stretching, eating right, you know, training uh, differently, and then just look at, and then come back to your own team and say, we're going to do the same dumbass shit. We're going to do fucking 1950s calisthenics, and that's going to be the end of it. After you just went fucking 0-16. If, <laughs> if I was the coach of a football team, a professional football team that just lost every single fucking game I played, I would go back to the drawing board and say, somebody tell me something fucking new. Somebody tell me something I don't know because I clearly fucking don't know anything. And this dude comes up with, ah, the fucking 1940s, they did jumping jacks. It's like, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, V-sit and reach motherfuckers. That's it. Yeah. And fucking they were ashamed to do it. Yeah. And like, ugh, I don't know, dude. It's the same shit. It's that same generation I was talking about. Fucking stubborn ass, fucking middle of the road motherfuckers that didn't do anything to improve themselves. Anything yeah, about mean, this if, situation. If you want to talk McCain, like, I, I, even before this past week, you know, I've I've thought a lot over the last decade or so about, you know, that that seemingly watershed moment when you know the the McCain town hall where. He, the woman approaches him and says, we can't trust Obama, he's a Muslim, he's etc. And McCain, you know, finally realizes that he's the monster that he's created and, you know, and, and walks away from it. Like, A, Donald Trump needs to thank John McCain because that was the start of uh, the Trump campaign right there, even if he didn't realize it. But B, like, let's, let's not... Let's not revise history too far in that, you know, this was the crux of McCain's campaign at that point. And yeah, Sarah Palin, you know, was along was was a big part of that. She was there to to represent the lunatic side. But McCain signed off on all this shit. He was he was more than happy to to wave the flag and, and you know, say, Yeah, fuck it. You know, Obama's a Kenyan, why not? And if that that put asses in the seats for a while. And then I think he finally saw what it looked like up close and personal. He said, I, I can't do this anymore. Like, he laid the foundation for it. He, he, he showed the GOP how, how effective, you know, scaring people into votes could be. Being a shithead. Being a, to, <laughs> to put it bluntly. Being a shithead. Yeah. He's a fucking professional wrestler. We talked about this last time. And it's like, I don't understand why fucking people just haven't... <sighs> I think I think people do understand. It's just I don't know, dude. It, it, it's it's just kind of fucking sad that that's like what the best we can do. Like really, it, I I think you're right. I think a lot of people do understand. Like my case in point, my my dad's a big Donald Trump guy, big big Donald Trump guy. He's never had anything nice to say about Donald Trump, 
but he's a big Donald. To, in his mind, he's a big Donald Trump guy. He's never said a single complimentary thing about Trump as a leader, as a person, as a politician, and as anything. Cannot say a single, uh, a, a single worthwhile thing about Donald Trump as president. But he knows he doesn't want Hillary Clinton there. He knows he doesn't want the Democrats there. He knows he doesn't want uh, the, all the jobs and money to go to illegal immigrants. So in that respect, he's, he, it, it, it's, it's a culture of negation in that, I mean, it, it's, you, you see it in people, in the way people talk about it. And, you know, Donald Trump, you know, shits his pants on live TV. Well, Hillary Clinton, it's like, well, her <laughs> <laughs> <Hurry>, email. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. T- tell me something, tell me something positive about Donald Trump that doesn't involve Hillary Clinton. People can't do that because it's about negation. It's a matter of, I am against in theory these principles and that is where i have landed myself uh, you know politically is that i i believe i stand for these other things if it means that i'm against the other you know i, I believe in a if it means I, I'm, I'm against b and it's it's a backwards way to go about it where you, what do you stand for then basically yeah because in the end i don't feel no better because i was like i don't want hillary in there at the same time because i'm not like a big fan of her However, the Supreme Court shit fucking creeped me out. Yeah. And a lot of fucking Democrats went to the fucking ballot box thinking about that. Yeah. You know? And now all came tenfold. Fucking got this this guy, uh, Brett Kavanaugh. Uh-huh. I seen a thing today. He's only released, uh, maybe it's not him or whoever fucking serves him or whatever. They've only re- released 3% of the fucking cases that he's served on. Mm-hmm. So how the fuck are people going to fucking talk about what the fuck this guy's done? It's like, you know... It's the first three pages, literally. Yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah, the GOP is pretty aggressively trying to rush his uh, his uh, confirmation through, uh, and it's flying under the radar because of this this McCain thing too, um, which is funny. Uh, it's he brought up Hillary Clinton and like yeah, like it, the the revised version of history that's that's you know that it's certain people are trying to push at this point is that you know. Uh, is that we all should have gotten behind uh, Hillary Clinton instead of, you know, going the way we went with Bernie Sanders, etc. In that if we had all just gotten on the same page and uh, and I'm quoting here, uh, focused on the candidate with the with the chance to win, right. everything would have worked out fine. The the candidate like it, and it's literally the candidate who lost. Like this is this we we know for a fact that this was the wrong strategy. Um. I'm trying to remember her name. Uh, female comedian. She writes for uh, a show, Marvelous Miss Maisel. It's a really great show. Oh, the show. Amazon show. It's about being a stand-up comedy in the 50s. Yeah, yeah. Shit. My awesome. wife loves it. Yeah. Awesome show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wish I had a fucking guy on the computer that, you know, could look stuff up. You don't like the Joe Rogan thing, do you? You're not into Joe Rogan? You think he sucks? I do think Joe Rogan sucks. It's, it's unfortunate. My... One of my longtime Muay Thai trainers, a uh, guy I respect a lot, uh, Crew Mark Delagrati, uh, was just on the the Joe Rogan uh, podcast there, and I I can't bring myself to listen to it. Come on, I I, I mean, the counter argument is that he's he really kind of transformed podcasting into into what it is today. It was just kind of a bunch of dickheads rambling, and now it's a bunch of dickheads rambling with. You know, maybe some some fun music at the beginning, and uh, and, and some uh, yeah. Let's get to it. The, my beef with Joe Rogan is that 
he, he does not choose to be the adult in the room where he'll invite it's like here's you know uh, some fucking neo-nazi promoter onto the show let's hear what he has to say like who's that oh pick one Miley, Yiannop- Miley Yiannopoulos uh, is he really know. neo-nazi though with the, with the nice. neo-nazi party want him in there they seem to enjoy the work he does. Uh, they seem to enjoy the work Ben Shapiro does, etc. I mean, there comes a point when you have to say, yeah, maybe it's your right to say it, but this is a stupid fucking thing to say. He had, he had Ted Nugent on there. and Ted, I, I'm, a, I'm a vegan, so I, 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 I picked up on a couple of things that, that he, he addressed about veganism. Ted Nugent said, veganism is stupid. Like... You think you're you're saving animals? Like if you want to if you want to grow tofu, like you've got to kill all these all these groundhogs or whatever that that's around the, your 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 farm, and you got to wipe out all these pests, and you know you're gonna kill way more animals than you do what at a factory farm. So it's it's completely it's completely hypocritical to think that that you know you're you're saving animals' lives by by rejecting factory farming. And Joe Rogan looks at him in the straight in the straight face and says, oh, "That's a really good point." <laughs> like you have to be there's no fucking parallel between pest control at a fucking bean curd farm and factory farming which exists specifically to slaughter animals by the truckload like no, no matter what your your stance on on you know we're we're very very different but very similar people you know you're 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 a pulled pork kind of guy. Oh, I love the barbecue and beers and weed and you. You know, fuck it, man. Have have fun, man. Like I I've, I've never for as long as we've known each other, I've never judged you on on fucking any of that. And and you've paid me the same the same. But you know the idea that that you know protecting crops from from fucking groundhogs is different than purposely slaughtering tens of thousands of animals for profit is the same thing it's fucking ludicrous and for joe rogan <laughs> to sit there and say oh that's a good point i hadn't thought about it like that how, how is that an adult conversation <laughs> that's a pretty good point you didn't make. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well yeah i mean i don't think there's really any yeah it comes down to the explicit intent and fucking, if anything, I know that the uh, the soybean is like it's actually the second largest largest ag- agricultural crop in America. Uh huh. Corn's number one. Yeah. But fucking Central Mountain time, motherfuckers, is all about corn. <laughs> uh, soy rather. Yeah. What's funny is that fucking with these tariffs, right? Uh-huh. Fucking China, right? Yeah. Got all this fucking soy now. So they've been fucking ridiculing motherfuckers, soy boy they call it, and all that, right? Soy boy. That's uh-huh. like some like cutting edge fucking insult now, <laughs> right? Fucking. But now they're dependent on soy boy to fucking support that whole fucking belt, you uh-huh. know, of America. It's weird. Yep. You know? Yeah. Soy boy is is the insult from people who uh, decided that a bacon and cigarette diet is maybe not beneficial to yourself and to and to humankind as a whole. I mean, it's it's. <sighs> It's funny, like, it, in that, 
you've got so many people who is, are are so intent on broadcasting their masculinity that they go to you know fuck human beings have been have been hunting and eating meat since fucking caveman time and they've been fine it's like you, you want to base your your lifestyle now on a period of human history when life expectancy was what like 20 years old well they like, pull their wives around by their hair i mean come on sure <laughs> yeah yeah i mean it, figure it out like we evolved as a human race we evolved to uh, think better and to act better and to be more efficient and to be better to ourselves and you, you want to base who you are now off of fucking Neanderthals why uh, probably because you didn't read about the fucking Byzantines and nothing in between, you know. I mean, yeah, there's but, a whole you know. lot of shit that happened between that. There's a whole lot of shit that happened between cavemen and now between the Roman Empire and now. Like you're 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 living in the best time in human history, whenever you are, you know. It's tough though, because I think the one thing that kind of sucks is that there is sort of. Um, which is a better argument against veganism and vegetarian is probably the amount of resources that probably goes into making almonds or something like you can zone in on like one real specific agricultural crop that mm-hmm. fucking probably you know soybeans yeah it's like but you're not killing fucking moles with fucking with fucking almond trees you know it's a little different so exactly. everything's got the downfall right yeah like greek yogurt takes like i i it's some startling number of gallons of water to to produce really yeah some like horrendous <laughs> amount of, of water to produce. It's it's extremely wasteful. Um, but it's still not the same as purposely murdering animals for. Oh, I can't. Yeah, she's fucking right there. Yeah. Feet. yeah, took a while. But yeah, dude. So fucking, I bought that. I, I was watching the Joe Rogan, and I got all fired up on John Joseph. You know about the John Joseph there. Cro-Mags guy there. What did he do now? Well, he was just down there talking about his life and shit, and I ended up buying the fucking Meat is for Pussies book, thinking about changing my life around, you okay. know, you know becoming a better person. It's, I, I, I think, not not to preach here, but ve- veganism's a, 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 I think, an underrated extension of, of, of the metal uh, alter ego, where it's a lot of fun to... To, to poke fun at posers for for not you know appreciating the 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 deeper cuts of, of the underground uh veganism is a lot of fun it, it's a lot of fun looking down on people is really? what it is yeah you yeah, like, yeah you like punching down like, like, you're not a punch up type of guy he punched down I, i'm a i consider myself a punch up kind of guy but yeah it's it's uh it, it's a lot of it, i i joke with my wife it's a lot of fun looking down on, on people for for their own choices you know <laughs> expensive though is it more i mean are what vegetables that the things that people are giving away for you go to any restaurant in the world to fucking give you the vegetables practically for free really yeah I, no there's there's absolutely nothing i i don't know where that myth started from but you know i go to you know a a, a dish that i'll make is like uh uh brussels sprouts with cashews you, know, you take some you take a little shallots a little on, uh, a little garlic uh fry it up with some oil you toss some you, you, you boil some some brussels sprouts you throw some cashews in there the oil and then a little vegan parmesan cheese it's like a ten dollar dish and i can eat it for like three days how much does that vegan parmesan cheese cost 
Three bucks? It's uh, probably cheaper than actually the regular Parmesan <laughs> cheese. What's what pork chops? Like six ninety nine a pound? No, three ninety nine. Three. Okay. Yeah. I I, used I know to be, my meat prices, pal. <laughs> fucking pork is fucking under five bucks chipping. I used to be. It's been a long time, but I I was a meat clerk when I, I did my undergrad. Yeah, you were an under. Yeah, at Stop and Shop. Fucking used to fucking. Uh, I'd stop it, yeah. You'd show up at shows with fucking bags full of rotten bodies and pots and all that, and chuck them around. Oh, you're you're discussing toss a fish, toss Ta- a fish, <laughs> toss a fish crew. That sounds horrific. Toss a fish crew? Jesus Christ. You were there for their... You hit me in the fucking cheek <laughs> with a fucking fish head, kid. Fucking at the living room in Providence. Fucking T- Toss a fish crew, it, it's a great uh, origin f- story for a vegan, too. It's uh, It started with uh, me and a couple friends of mine. We would just get bored on like a summer night. We'd go to the Super 88 uh, market in Quincy and just buy like a bunch of vile shit and drive around Quincy and throw it at people. And it started with, it started with fish. Um, and fish are a lot of really fun to hit people with. Uh, the, you kind of have to grip it like a football to get it. There, <laughs> we'll get to the PAL show in a yeah, minute. Yeah, I know, I know, yeah. yeah but you, you kind of have to grip it with the football. They're, they're slimy, but they're also scaly. Like, you, you fish and shit. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah, you can cut yourself on that. So that got kind of dangerous. And we tried out, like, chicken's feet. Like, getting hit with a chicken's foot is pretty fucking gnarly. But they, they don't travel very well. Nah. They, a lot of low weight. Yeah. So we moved on to pig's hearts. Pig hearts? Pig hearts is like hitting somebody with a fucking, uh, <laughs> like, a shot put. <laughs> like, you're driving down the street at 20 miles an hour. I'll never forget. I saw this big fucking meatball-looking townie guy. Uh, sleeveless shirt. I... It, it was like was a, he at DDs? <laughs> it was like a Boston College like sleeveless shirt. This guy looked like he was having the worst day of his life already. And I <laughs> leaned out the window and I hit this guy. This guy was probably like 250 pounds at least. Uh. Hit this guy in the chest and he fell over <laughs> with a pig's heart. It's like, huh, pig heart. Like that's, this could seriously hurt somebody. And we moved on to... Um, right in the fucking chest. So, like, you were coming right at him. The force of you fucking driving. With these your things fucking... are dense, man. You, you hit somebody with a pig heart, like, they, they're going to feel it. I've never seen... I've had chicken hats. I've seen beef hat in the market, but I've never seen a fucking pig hat. They, they are large. Um, the fuck's going on <laughs> over there? They're, like, cutting animals up at the 88 market? Fucking, like, this they is weird. They have diverse tastes. Uh, and we moved on to uh, the... The the excellence of execution happened to be the uh, salted duck eggs, which are basically just like uh, sticky duck fetuses. Oh. They're, they're the perfect weight. They're like a little little smaller than a baseball, and you can you can salted. throw it and they stick. And they're just these gross little. It's just, don't fucking do this, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> but in dire need, played what was supposed to be their last show uh, at the the Fall River PAL. It's the Police Academy League. The Police Athletic League, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, yeah. Um, and somebody had the idea to... Well, I, should also, I should also state that, that uh, Toss Fish Crew was a spinoff of my buddy Frank's idea, which was called Table Dive Crew. Table Dive Crew. Table Dive Crew was, was much, much more ambitious. And the, the idea was to run into a Bickford's and find a full plate of find a full table full of people and food, and just dive on the table and do snow angels, and then sprint out of the restaurant. And we planned this for like weeks. We're like, because we didn't want to go to the we went to the Braintree Bickfords all the time. We're like we can't do it there because we're gonna kicked out forever. Uh, 
and we were just like trying to plan like we were planning a fucking bank heist and we're thinking about where are we going to do table dive crew so finally they did it without me um uh, my buddy frank from um depth for dishonor was rolling around with with uh with them and uh told him about the the concept of uh, of proof concept of, of of table dive crew and he said fuck it let's do it and they found like an ihop in like middleborough or something and said we're doing this went inside plan went to shit just dove on the tables ran right out so <laughs> table dive crew happened too <laughs> but uh, yeah and darnie played the the pal some sort of chris Filey greg luganis hybrid <laughs> the fuck and darnie played the pal and somebody said we should do toss a fish crew at this not even like thinking about this is a building that is made to house auxiliary police officers um <laughs> And that maybe this could go wrong, but you know somebody brought a garbage bag full of fish in, uh, opened it up, uh, and just started spiking people with fish and pigs' hearts. And, it, and you know what? For all the flack we took, like on on Return of the Pit and elsewhere, like nobody did a single fucking thing. Like I can't. <laughs> looking back on it, it's like why didn't I get my ass kicked for this? Like why didn't I get arrested for this? Like. Police officers are still. There was an uh, there was a two hundred dollar reward for any information on who was throwing the fish, <laughs> and they they were standing there. The police were standing there watching us do it, and then turned around and said, "Who did this?" And there's a there's a photo of my buddy John just like with his fucking with his armor cocked back like fucking John Elway, <laughs> launching this fish into the upper decks. I went to a show there like three weeks later. And the fish had to still be there because the place stunk unbelievably. <laughs> I think uh, Rev on Return of the Pit just shared one of the pitches. From he did, there. yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody that was really fun. <laughs> Fucking didn't Devourment play the the Fall River Police Athletic League? Yeah, again, like about ten years ago. They did. Uh, Devourment uh, randomly decided. You know, ten years after they were popular, that they were going to come back and play <laughs> Fall River all fucking places. Yeah, fucking. I remember I was talking about getting them up here, and I don't remember how exactly. I think Blue must have had some in on that. Dysentery had to have been on that. Jim Trainer booked that. Jim, Jim Trainer. Jim. Um, oh, Jimmy Justice. That's him. Yeah. I seen him recently, not that long ago. Yeah, yeah. His uh, his dad's struggling. There's a there's a. I'll promote it here. There's a there's a GoFundMe for uh, his dad uh, fighting cancer. So if oh, any, any any friends uh, of Jim, definitely check that out uh, and and definitely help him out because he's a great dude. But yeah, he did that. Uh, I think that the toss of fish crew where, when you got hit with the fish, that was at the living room. Yeah, that was a much different scenario. Uh, in that that was another one of in Dire Needs last shows, uh, and. Misery Index was playing after that? Yes, they were the second to last band. Maybe yeah. there was a band after them. There was, and that's... It was Mi Asus, maybe. Misery Index, was, I thought Misery Index was the headlining band, and yeah. I didn't like Misery Index uh, for for a number of reasons, uh, and I thought it'd be fun to get the show shut down. <laughs> <laughs> They're my buddies, dude. Come on. <laughs> I, I don't know. It, it, it's a long time ago. But uh, I didn't know Kanai was on the show, and Kanai's a bunch of good dudes, they weren't on the flyer, so I actually I, I really regret the second instance of, of Toss Fish Crew because it got the show shut down for them. Uh, it kind of fucked things up a little bit for 
uh, that guy Chris that used to book shows in. Chris Abom, yeah. Yeah, fucking great dude. I, I, I felt bad. I ended up apologizing to the guy. Uh, and he decided not to kick my ass, which is cool. Well, you know, dude, part of the reason you're like, no, why didn't anybody kick my ass? It fucking smelled horrific. <laughs> it was like, why do I want to get physical and start fucking heavy inhaling their shit? Here's like, the fucking thing. Like, is that I, I did I wasn't responsible for any of the fish procurement, any of that. Like, the first ride was just, like, a, a small bag full of, like, a couple pig hearts and a couple of fish. <laughs> this was a fucking giant hefty bag full of fish. Like, there was so much shit. Yeah. That, like, I opened the bag and I saw all this shit come out. And I'm like, oh, God, this is a yeah. fucking hand already. It was, like, mackerel, tuna, fucking... Yeah, there's was a whole crazy. aquarium in there, uh. dude. And that, that got out of hand in a fucking hurry. Uh... I was standing on stage. I had a full uh, jar of salted duck eggs. And I won't say who it, who it was, but I know who it was, and I know why I did it. I saw this dude, and he's just in my sights right in the middle of the floor, and he's rubbing fish shit out of his eyes. And I had the whole thing of salted duck eggs, and I just pelted this dude with the whole <laughs> cannon. I lit him up like a fucking surface-to-air gunner, man. <laughs> Yeah, son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> don't, don't do these things. So is this why I became vegan? Is this some sort of karma attached to the, the regret, the repenting? Fucking, is there anything to do with that? This is why I, you know, stay home on Friday nights instead of <laughs> going out and doing no good shit. But no, that's that's not why. I, I mean, that's not why I went vegan at all. No, it wasn't John Joseph from Chrome Mags who fucking influenced <laughs> you or the bad brains and nothing like that. John Joseph. No, I mean that's that's his thing. I I I didn't know he was still in the news or anything. Uh, no. Yeah, no. He he had like a three-hour episode on there. He was talking about his whole thing and everything. You probably sold a shit ton of books. I never got into Chrome Mags, dude. Chrome Mags are fun. Uh, I just kind of pretend that hardcore doesn't really exist. No, no more? No, I mean, I'll, maybe if I'm making dinner or something, I want to listen to Cold as Life or some shit, but... What'd you say? Uh, Cold as Life? Cole, you never heard Cold as Life? No. Cold as Life was dope. Cold as Life was, uh... It's not Cold as Last, is it? Cold as Life. It was, uh... They're from Detroit. You talking about coal, like West Virginia? Coal is life. C O L D. Cold. Oh, cold is life. Cold as life. Yeah. Oh, all right. All right. Yeah, those dudes were. Uh, I knew a dude who was who got put down, and they they had a, a gang out there called uh, CTYC, Cold of the New Crew, and <laughs> yeah, yeah I, whatever. But I, I knew this dude that that got put down in the gang, and he 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 had a photo from like when he got jumped in, and these dudes fucking obliterated him <laughs> like those guys were no fucking joke uh did it inspire you after all this hardcore to fucking get into mma and fucking muay thai and all this fucking you know be able to defend yourself no uh muay thai was more about just doing something with my life that wasn't going to shows every week um yeah, it's very counterintuitive to to hardcore it's it's not just smashing people without consequence or without you know thinking about it it's you know paying attention to your body and paying attention to your mind and, and putting yourself to, to something you can be proud of yeah so fucking you don't train no more really I I, I did what was called a, a smoker which for, for people who don't know it's smokers a, a, a sub amateur usually uh, like non-sanctioned uh, fight. Sometimes they're scored, sometimes they're not. 
they're not super legal in that you know they're to do like an mma promotion somewhere you need you know the right amount of insurance you need a fish uh, 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 certified officials you need you know medical care there etc smokers are just kind of fights that happen in a gym like two gyms come together and they say hey we, i've got this guy at 160 i've got a, you guys got somebody at 160 they're relatively similar experience wise let's go at it so i did a smoker after many many years of training um i'd get up in the morning and do my cardio which was either you know running harvard stadium or doing my sprints or whatever uh go to work lift weights at lunch uh, leave work, do more SNC work uh, at, at another gym, drive to another gym, then finally get my kickboxing work in. Etsy? Etsy work? What did you say? What? Uh, SNC, strength and conditioning. Ah, right. Yeah, I go to my wow. one of my Lingo. trainers at the time ran a, ran a CrossFit gym and I was doing that. And then at the end of the night, when you, when you can't even fucking stand up anymore, then it's time to go train kickboxing. Uh, so I did that. Uh, kind of sucked the fun out of things. <laughs> but I uh, did the fight. I was really proud of myself. Did really well. Uh, went on vacation to Norway for like two weeks and then came back and Reese's had invented the big cups. Really? Yes. So that deterred <laughs> my fitness significantly. Those are vegan? They are not vegan. This uh, was long before I was vegan. Uh, uh. Yeah, I, I attempted a my very first fight at like right before I turned 30, which is when most TIE fighters were long retired. Um, so don't do that either so fucking it wasn't the the booze or the pills it was the reese's cups the, <laughs> the fucking, reese's, fuck. reese's did me in did you in dude so i got the fight pass i bought in the fight pass ufc right uh-huh. and they got this thing called the bangkok nights uh-huh. and it's literally like friday night fights in fucking bangkok uh-huh. fucking crazy yeah and like i'm kind of it it is a little agitating that america hasn't caught especially kickboxing like glory kickboxing mm-hmm. kind of blows my mind that we haven't caught on to that because i think it's an outstanding fucking sport and a great product to begin mm-hmm. with you know mm-hmm. but this muay thai stuff that you were doing yeah that's fucking serious bro they gotta pray to every corner and fucking bow and white crew yeah what do you call it the the white crew white crew the ceremony aren't they out of like columbus or something what is that <laughs> W a i k r u. Well, it's a, it's spelled in squiggly tie letters, so whatever. Uh, y crew is just a, a, a ceremonial uh, sort of ritual that you do before uh, before each fight. You know, it's there's a whole explanation to each of the movements. They tie back into stories in the the Ramayana, which is a, a, a Hindu text. Um, and you kind of you move to all four corners, and you you know kind of you know ask for those are explanations that you're kind of asking for blessings for protection in the ring, etc. Um, not every gym does that. Uh, my gym at the time was really rooted in uh, I was training under a trainer named uh, Krumark uh, Nardone, who is uh, really super knowledgeable about uh, traditional Muay Thai uh, or Muay Baran, as it's called. The you ever see? If, if, I'm sure you've seen the guys with the, the hemp wraps, etc. That's that's traditional uh, Muay Baran, which was the the battlefield art of, of Muay Thai when you know you were battling, you know, guys riding on on elephants and and smashing each other with for for life or death. Uh, yeah, little a little different than than stepping in a ring with a pair of 16 ounce gloves. <laughs> but yeah, it's it it wears you out over time. It wears you out mentally. I I've, funny story the as long as you're not Tim Sylvia. Uh, I I was there for what I believe were the last moments of, you know, Tim Sylvia. The, the no, list, the listeners don't. F- 
former uh, UFC heavyweight champ. Uh, Randy Couture took the belt from him. Uh, at one point in time, this guy was, you know, a really, really big, really kind of revolutionary uh, MMA fighter. Uh, and I was there for the last, what I think were the last moments of his of his MMA career in that um, a friend of mine knew I, I trained at uh, City of Tongue in Somerville. And he said, hey, how's Tim Sylvia look? And I said, I don't know fat sad like what, what are you looking for he's like well i heard that i heard that he's training at sidio's on these days i'm like oh I, I haven't seen him so i showed up to train a couple of days later and i went to go and uh we were training uh they, they've got a really nice facility now but at the time we were training down in the basement and it's just sweaty and muggy and gross and puddles on the ground and shit but we went to the the, the restroom to, to change and out pops tim sylvia he's fucking enormous dude i'm like kind of starstruck because he's this guy I watched on TV for, for so long and he's just like he just kind of like mumbled something at me and just like trudged off so I'm, I'm watching him you know as I'm getting my stuff together to, to get ready to train and he's standing there in this like first of all he's wearing these like old like beat up like British knights like what do you mean a British knight what is you that you know remember the sneakers no like the kind of sneakers that are that are reserved for like either like current day death metal bass players or <laughs> or, or like somebody just like soccer dads from the 1990s and he's just he's standing there with these like these old beat up sneakers on the mats and he's working a bag and he's just he's seriously just like turning his body back and forth and just waving his arms at the back it's like he looks so out of control <laughs> miserable yeah. and uh he comes off the floor and this dude walks in uh much younger guy and um He's got a he's got a gym bag with him, and he's obviously like this Tim. So I, I didn't recognize, but he's Tim Sylvia's like training partner, somebody that he hired to to roll with him, etc. And he's really upbeat. He's like, "Okay, Tim, how, how you doing, man? Uh, I'm gonna go get changed and get my stuff on. Uh, we're gonna start with some warm ups, and then we'll get into rolling, and then we'll get into some drills, etc." And Tim just kind of grunts at him. He's like, "All right, buddy, I'll see you in a minute." And uh, it takes off, and I I I'm, I'm standing there, I'm, I'm like wrapping my hands, and I'm, I'm looking at Tim Sylvia, and he like looks down on his stuff and he just oh, sighs and he looks at the mat and he looks back at his stuff and he picks up his gym bag he's still in like his full like training gear picks up his gym bag and walks out the door as as his training partner's coming back he's got like his rash guard on and everything he's like all right buddy we'll, we'll get started really soon and he's like tim tim buddy <laughs> and Tim Sylvia just walks out the door and leaves his training partner oh, there. Why? And I never saw him again. And like a couple of days later, I read on the internet, Tim Sylvia retires from MMA. Really? It's like that was it. I saw it. I saw it happen right in front of me. Wow. It was. It was rough. It was rough to see. I'm gonna have to look that up on Fight Pass now. Yeah. Fucking man. every fight he ever did. I, like I'm such a noob with it, dude. Like the first dude who I looked at, because this Fight Pass, you can see every fucking mm-hmm. everything that somebody's ever done. So I went for Vito Belfort. Uh huh. Uh, fucking reward fucking over and over dude even when he loses it's fucking when he lost Anderson Silva man wow that was gorgeous <laughs> fucking like <laughs> yeah the front kick yeah yeah dude fucking the, I don't know the front kick that Steven Seagal later claimed he invented stop it you really <laughs> he did yeah. he actually Steven Seagal was at that fight he, yeah. he like fucking blessed him walking in there and all that yeah I, I remember the uh, Silva's first fight with um, Chael Sonnen uh, I didn't know Silva was hurt at the time but he walked in and like stopped before he got in the ring and hugged Steven Seagal and like with Steven Seagal it's like really like officious like blessing kind of thing or whatever but I was like oh shit he might lose this fight <laughs> well Steven Seagal is like a fucking major degree motherfucker and, and like 
one or two styles at least. Like Steven Seagal's a fat keto guy. Oh really? Yeah, he's it, it, make him sound like a dog. <laughs> Aikido's a, a really cool martial art, in that, but it, it's it's really low key and it takes a really long time to master. What what exactly is Aikido to those not listening? Aikido, well, they're listening, but they don't fucking get it. It's it's uh, maybe more similar to like judo. It's a lot of like tosses and like small joint locks and stuff. Um, it's not a lot of it's not like striking or like or not really heavy on striking like 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 Muay Thai or something, and it's not really like grappling like jujitsu it's a lot more of just like the uh, old school traditional martial arts someone's coming at you and how do you deflect and how do you turn that into that momentum into something else <coughs> it's pretty interesting to watch because it looks like fucking fake in yeah. my opinion <laughs> like but it's cool like a, a buddy of mine the drummer of throat yeah he, uh he's fucking third degree in that i think oh, no shit. he's like deep in He's been at it dude. for fucking like twenty years or something. Yeah, shit. don't yeah. mess with that guy. But fucking, but you make a good point where it's it's sort of like there's not like they don't teach you how to throw a punch or a kick. It's all just about fucking blocking, grabbing, and shifting fucking defense into like a physical fucking force. You know? Yeah, it's it's a weird martial art in that you're meant to really master it. Uh, kickboxing is a thing where you know you're meant to be at your peak when you're at your physical peak and. Aikido, like you're you're meant to be a master of it when you're like 106 years old. It's it's odd, but it's it's cool. So there's a headline on the TV here that um, President Trump that uh, the Republicans must win the midterms or they will overturn everything we've done quickly and violently. There is violence. Wouldn't it be crazy? Now, and he was actually talking about Antifa being like these propagators of fucking violence and stuff. Uh huh. Which is um, interesting, to say the least. Uh-huh. Um, would it be interesting if fucking these assholes... Because it seems like they're doing this, a lot of the stuff where they're trying to take all these liberal arguments and use them against them. Uh-huh. And what if they try to make martial arts illegal? Because it's not like the AP for <laughs> shows up there even with a sword. You know, It's uh-huh. just like their fist and maybe like a, a smoke bomb, but uh-huh. they're not even like punching people with. Uh-huh. So what if they make martial arts illegal or some shit? Wouldn't that be fucking fun? <laughs> You know, like it's a possibility. I think in this day. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> what's What's funny about Antifa is like you, you and I have known about this thing called Antifa for a long time because it's they're, they're you know contemporary Antifa is you know people that say they're gonna blow up a fucking Death in June show or something and then just never show up to the fucking show. Like they're the lucky dog. <laughs> yeah, the lucky dog. <laughs> We're fucking kicking the show out of out of the city, and we're not gonna allow it to happen. Okay, we'll move it to Worcester. We're gonna pretend it doesn't <laughs> fucking exist then. But no, I mean that's that's Antifa to us. It's just a bunch of it was a bunch of fucking nerds that you know thought they were standing up for a cause, and they and they really weren't. And you know now we've given them a cause in you know the the rights inability to to denounce. Uh, actual real-life textbook Nazis and fascism, uh, and now we've given them a main stage. And now that people who don't have that familiarity with Antifa as these people who exist just... It, it comes back to, like I said, negation. It's a matter of... they, You know, the goal of Antifa is not to overthrow the government, is not to, you know, take, uh, you know, uh, political office anywhere. It's 
to stand up and oppose the Nazis. And if we get rid of the Nazis, then you get rid of Antifa. Yeah. It's it's pretty simple in that it respect. Is. Uh, and that's... It's uh, the anti-fascist association. Yeah. It's right it's, there. It, and, and that's what that's what the norms don't really understand, is that, you know... If you if if you if you got rid of the really bad people, then the secondary scary uh, you know ski mask people will follow suit and, and leave with them. You say norms like it's a bad thing. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's you tell me. It, it, you get people stupid enough to 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 believe this shit to be scared of fucking everything. So yeah, yeah norms is a shitty thing to be, I guess. Would you rather be a norm or a bootlicker? Norms are they're one of the same. You just described one of the same things. Oh, to me, yeah. oh, okay, okay. So how would you? I mean, the bootlicker, in essence, the way I perceive these guys to be, and and ladies as well, is that ultimately they just take whatever the fuck served to them and fucking get down and fucking become the ultimate cuck, <laughs> and fucking take up the ass, you know. I, I don't know if I quite put it quite like that, but to each his own. Uh, a bootlicker to me, that the my insult of choice uh, is somebody who want so badly to be part of the ruling class that they are willing to convince themselves that if they kiss up to the ruling class, they will become a part of it. Like if I fucking, you know, put a Blue Lives Matter sticker on my car, then maybe the police will see what a cool guy I am and leave me alone. And when, you know, if everything went to shit, the police will be there to protect me because I told them how great they are. Why wouldn't they be there to protect you? What, I, you tell me. Well, they must be doing something wrong. What? <laughs> <laughs> like, what, like, <laughs> what are, I mean, what are cops doing for us now? They're here to help. Sure. I see them going, you know, I, look, I got old people across the street. Nobody, can see, nobody in, in, uh, listening to the podcast can see the, the yeah, smile yeah, when you yeah, said that. Yeah. But. <laughs> Dude, I don't know. I kind of feel bad for cops, but at the same time, I feel fucking... It's more like I wasn't. It's not like I'm anti-cop. It's just that I get so fucking aggravated that fucking the national anthem thing with football uh-huh. became this whole thing because there's two sides. But first off, I think Kaepernick, the whole thing doing that, it wasn't the right way to do it. Frankly, I don't think it was the right way to do it. However, you got to respect their right to do it. And they're mm-hmm. gonna do it and whatever, right? Mm-hmm. But I'm not gonna fucking be some Sally that's gonna fucking boycott the league, uh-huh. you know? But then you got these motherfuckers who fucking just the biggest insult to the fucking. It's like they take on the fucking. Um, uh-huh. There's a there's a more elegant word to describe this, but it's like they inherit the load of of veterans and fucking policemen to fucking uh-huh. this vicarious sense of outrage, and it's just like, dude, like really? Yeah, like, I mean, I mean, think that that's the go-to is that uh, you know everything is is you know. We're looking boots for the benefit of the troops. How dare you insult the troops? Like, it, America's been at war for what? How many? How many centuries now? In one respect or another, everybody has a friend, a relative, uh, you know, family member, etc. That is either a current military service member or served in a war, etc. Everybody is one or two degrees separation away from the military. Like it, the idea that I don't understand uh, certain sides of the argument because I don't have, I, I don't have a connection to the military is fucking ridiculous. My grandfather was on, my grandfather was on fucking Normandy Beach. I'm extremely proud of that. I'm extremely proud of that. My dad's always been proud of it. I have friends that are in the the military right now. It's it's not, and that 
it's it's not a built-in excuse to come home a piece of shit. It's not a built-in excuse to 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 shield shield yourself with with members of the military and say this is why I'm a fucking loser. This is why I believe horrible fucking things and you can't tell me differently. Yeah. I just see a lot of shitheads out there, though. Yeah. They're the same, you know what they are? They're the same people that think that Tom Brady is stretching. <laughs> like, they want to boycott him. They're the, they're, they're the fucking dump Brady motherfuckers. They really are. They're the same fucking noobs. Uh-huh. I don't know. That's all I'm seeing out of it. Fucking maybe I might be a little judgmental from the surface. But it's like this real resistant to fucking just, you know, factual fucking evidence of shit fucking working for people. You know, yeah. I mean, in the same respect, there's a lot of people that believe that football ratings are down and that a game attendance is down. It's like it's it's not there. the The argument that I have all the time is that uh, ratings are down X amount per since you know the nailing uh, uh, saga began. It and it's ratings aren't ratings anymore. In that we have so many other ways of watching live TV of ingesting football games at this point. You've got cable and you've got broadcast, but at the same time you've got how many streaming options in uh, NBC Sports Live, in uh, Hulu, DirecTV, uh, Sony View, YouTube Red. Um, Amazon Prime got fucking Monday, uh, Thursday Night Football. Amazon Prime, Twitter. Uh, I'm Pir- on Sling right here. Fucking Sling, yeah. that's another one. I mean, the list goes on. Like yeah. we, we just named like 12 things. And this is what I've been trying to pose to people in some discussions. Mm-hmm. Nielsen ratings are what is cited when yeah. people say that shit's down on the NFL, right? Or yeah. just down across the board. Exactly. I mean, and when you look at it. Nielsen is like just now starting to think about how they're going to approach... Uh, measuring uh, live streaming over over IP. So Nielsen is like pretty much got this monopoly out of this whole fucking like enterprise or business of fucking measuring ratings. Like who, how many people watch this, which in turn fucking evaluates fucking um, airtime for fucking advertisers yeah. and shit. I mean, most people don't really understand like the process. Nielsen is, is the standard, like you said, for, for broadcasting cable uh, measuring ratings. And these are sampled ratings. Is What they do is they literally put a chip inside your TV, which records data of what you've been watching. Uh, and then they collect that data and they, they take polls from that. And that's how they get data. Like, th- there's no way to get a 100% accurate number of how many people are watching except what which TV show like nobody is sitting in a in a broadcast block at you know CBS saying oh Josh just turned on fucking Big Bang Theory like that that's not how TV works there's no way to do that you can do that you can do something similar with you can be more exact with with IP <clears throat> excuse me IP TV um, live streaming TV over the internet but you know those numbers don't aren't pulled by Nielsen. They are pulled by individual broadcast rights holders, and they're not sharing the data unless they want to. Like they, th- these aren't numbers that are readily accessible to people. Uh, I, I've even heard stories with Sirius XM and stuff like that. With the you know the the like um, we call it the broadcasters, the jockeys, whatever you want to call them. Mm-hmm. They don't share that information with them, like in negotiations. Yeah, they don't understand how many people like, which is mind blowing to me. They don't understand how many plays they get and how many people hear it or whatever. Like, 
fucked up. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, I mean, with um, SoundCloud, I can get RSS feed and fucking pull shit from fucking five different fucking mm-hmm. how many sites I need. You know, mm-hmm. that's crazy. But yeah. fucking these, they still can't. Fit. Why? Why are they resisting like this whole trend? Because it's been going well, on. Not. They for just fucking, don't know how to do it. I mean, <laughs> they, they're fucking idiots. <laughs> I, I mean. They, it, it, with respect to Nielsen, which is a, a miserable company that's that's completely outdated and and just ridiculous, um, they they don't know how to successfully monitor data which is privately held. Um, I'll t- I I actually had a job interview with Nielsen many 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 years ago, and that company is fucked. They have no clue what the fuck they're doing. Um, so it it doesn't surprise me at all that they don't have a plan for 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 how to handle the internet this new thing called the internet that that just popped up overnight <laughs> i like that uh yeah it's like that uh old was it matt lau or brian gumbel he's like what do you call that thing there email, email? <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh, fucking christ that aged well yeah yeah seriously i don't know people are connected like a motherfucker though i mean it's pretty sweet i go to ralph's i fucking watch fucking fights on my tablet and mm-hmm. fucking i've never watched more sports when i want to watch them Mm-hmm. But, like, at the same time, too, it's like Ness and I don't get to watch no more. Red Sox is pretty much eliminated from my life. The Bruins, fucking Celtics, mm-hmm. fucking nothing. I can't, there's no way I can fucking watch those games. And even if I can get on a national thing on my sling, they'll fucking black them out. Mm-hmm. I can't fucking watch them that way. It's fucking stupid. It's, it's funny because a lot of this is still bound by um, the old broadcast rights. And that's what's holding the NFL back so much is that, you know, people want to watch live games and they want to watch them out of market and they want to watch them how they how they want to watch them and they don't want to buy a fucking uh direct tv sunday countdown whatever the package for a billion dollars like they want to watch it on the internet and there's there's so many broadcast rights that are just holding that up and there's still there there's still fucking broadcast rules where if a if a, a team uh can't sell x amount of tickets to a game they're not allowed to broadcast it locally like they're, yeah. they're, they're black it's fucking insane Patriots had that we used to drive around listen to fucking games because they sucked in the early 90s late uh-huh. 80s dude fuck yeah like it's these are that's it's America in one way or another in a nutshell it's just we're anchoring ourselves to these old rules that don't make any sense and aren't aren't gonna move us forward motherfuckers <laughs> Fucking John McCain, everybody kissing his ass on TV over here. I think Lindsey Graham's gay. Just gonna put that out there. I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but I think he's totally gay. Fucking, he probably listens to like the Smiths and shit. Fucking like very intimately and all that. Okay. Fucking Florida. I don't know. I'm not sure. You think the fucking? uh, I hate making props on fucking elections and politics. But do you think the blue wave is a thing? Do you think people are going to take it back come fucking, uh, was it November when we have elections again on midterms? I think enough people realized what the fuck they voted for that they, fortunately and unfortunately, are willing to vote for whatever is next. Um, If we can get a progressive candidate with helpful platforms out of it that would be wonderful if we keep things status quo and we put together another right-leaning democrat that's another issue in and of itself but i think i i think that yeah i think 
I think people are ready to move on from from the mistakes they've made. Well, more importantly, though, there's a lot of people that didn't vote. Mm-hmm. A ton of people that didn't vote. And I wonder if fucking they're going to show up. That was something... I, I think it was like 30% mm-hmm. of people fucking voted in this country that were eligible. Yeah. You know? I mean, that comes back to... I, I got no problem saying I was a Bernie Sta- Bernie Sanders stan in that, you know, I, I didn't vote in the... Last, the last presidential election I voted for before the, this one was, was 2008. The, you know, I looked at John McCain versus Barack Obama, and I saw, you know, at the top of McCain's platform, we need to reverse Roe versus Wade. And I said, that is the dumbest possible first priority anybody could have. So I went with the other guy. Sat out 2012. I said, you know, I, 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 I talk politics a lot on here, but, you know, I, I resent having to follow politics. Uh, not really a big political guy uh, at heart. So I said I was going to sit it out for a long time. And then Bernie Sanders got me fired up about voting. Bernie Sanders got a lot of people fired up about voting. Uh, and I don't see how you how you think that that's a bad thing. What was it about Bernie Sanders, though? I can't, I, I can't figure it out. If it was just him being East Coast or him fucking being Vermont or like a Brooklyn guy in Vermont, him mm-hmm. being old... Like well, why did I trust him so much? And why do I still? <laughs> you know, like I don't get it. You you had you had Kevin Ward on here, uh, and Kevin's a guy I, I like and respect a lot, and he's a he's a Trump guy who again has nothing good to say about Trump, but uh, he, and his rationale was um, Trump talks like a guy who's ready to shake things up, and I I think that's that's perfectly appropriate. It was an appropriate thing to say. I think that there were you know uh, uh, other conditions to that, that that maybe should have looked at too but Bernie Sanders was that for me Bernie Sanders was a guy who, who did not come out and say everything's fine but I'm going to fix everything anyway Bernie Sanders was a guy who came out and said Wall Street owns too much of the country uh, fossil fuel industry owns too much of the country the uh, pharmaceutical industry owns too much of a stake in the country it's time to turn this on its head and I said that these are all these are the heart of of the issues that are that are you know causing us the majority of our problems right now in the United States. Yeah, I'm gonna get behind the guy who, who who's ready to address that. I'm gonna get behind the guy who you know even after he lost the primary election, was still out in uh, in North Dakota fighting the 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 whole pipeline saga. The the, the guy was written off from the presidential election. Uh, was never gonna be more than a than a senator. But he still went out there, and he still stood with people, and he still went out and, and fought for the the people that were laid off recently in the, the the whole Toys R Us fiasco. And he's still fighting for people, even though you know he's realistically he's never ever gonna be president. We all know that now, but he's still there doing the work. And where's Hillary Clinton? Yeah. In the woods. In the woods, walking around doing <laughs> In the woods. Not doing much. Fucking, she wrote that book, Why, Why I Lost. I don't know. There was some fucking book I get in my list, but it was, um, I gotta find, I don't have to pull it up. Um, I wanted to read into it because it was actually largely about how, um, Wasserman there had a, that role in fucking basically creating the own, um, what do you call it? Like the fucking, uh, the spying, the internal spying that they had. I'm going to pull up my reading list right here. Donna Brazier hacks the inside story, the break-ins and the breakdowns that put Donald Trump in the White House. That's yeah. that's that's up there. Mm-hmm. So that's what I kind of want to understand more. Uh, in turn, is like fucking, because 
That's why a lot of people didn't vote too. I mean, just a lot of people were just pissed off in general at the fucking the entity that became the Democratic Party. Yeah. And that whole fucking machine. And it's like I don't know. Ugh, I don't know what they can do. I don't know what they can do. I mean, frankly, and I've said this several times on here as of late. I think Trump's fucking destroying the Republican Party better than the fucking Democrats ever could. Uh huh. Who else is going to be fucking pro-fucking marijuana and fucking... This terrorist shit is shit that fucking Barry, uh, Bernie Sanders fucking encouraged, honestly. It's labor-first, fucking union-friendly shit, even the guy's been a fucking perpetual hack to its unions uh-huh. his whole fucking life, you know? Mm-hmm. But I don't know, dude. I try to understand this motherfucker. I read his book and fucking... I even read a Pat Buchanan book. Oh, the, Jesus. Yeah, I, <laughs> I read the Pat Buchanan books that the the Proud Boys, they... Uh, they, they like baptize each other with whatever. <laughs> the Duff of the West. A little too Mayan comp for my taste. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I wasn't too into it. I thought Pat Buchanan was a cocksucker to begin with. Fucking like going back to the early 90s and all that. He, he seemed to creep out Republicans, you know? Man, he. Imagine the field day Pat Buchanan would have in 2018, though. If he, if he, was, if, if he was still that age now. Man, he'd be on he'd be on tour with Jordan Peterson and all those motherfuckers <laughs> <laughs> cashing in. Not even Jordan Peterson. Not not a Peterson guy. No, I'm not a lobster boy. Lobster? Why are you calling lobster boy? I don't get that. <laughs> P- P- the crux of whole of Peterson's whole um, thing is uh, his whole fascination with fascination with what he calls enforced uh, monogamy is that uh, lobsters. Oh God! Can I even get it right? <laughs> Lobsters, as they advance in a social hierarchy, uh, increase their serotonin levels, and that the problem with lower hierarchy lobsters is low serotonin. He is he's trying to equate it to his thing is that you know uh, single uh, men are more apt to commit crimes violent crimes because they have low serotonin levels and they're miserable and they feel like they are discouraged from finding a mate etc uh and that the 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 solution to violent crime everywhere is to uh force women to pair up with men stop it he really said that come <laughs> on is, shut up this is a thing <laughs> stop people that. get behind it like, yeah. people who are desperate enough to believe this get because behind lobsters fucking because have serotonin fucking <laughs> i gotta fucking go around and do that come the, on this is an this is an established anthropological <laughs> term you people don't like and i keep asking people like explain it to me if this is an established anthropological term explain it to me it's like you just don't want to you people block out everything you don't want to hear like dude somebody that's the big challenge for 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 peterson called this is just explain 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 it in your own words then if this is so brilliant just explain it in your own words and people just eat this shit out because i mean here's here's what i it, the the defense of, of Jordan Peterson is that he's the clean your room guy, and that clean your room is a metaphor for your life. And if you get your life in order and you know uh, treat yourself with self respect, uh, you will you will establish great things in life. And you know he's trying to help people in that respect. And you know not to I hate to play the Hitler card right off the bat, but you, you and I are, are anal cunt listeners. And oh yeah, respect another defenders of the hate. So, Hitler was a what? Sensitive man. Hitler was a sensitive man. He was a non-smoker. He was a vegetarian. <laughs> he was an cool. artist. <laughs> Hitler was all these things. Tell me why we don't remember Adolf Hitler as a as a as a as an animal lover, as the Adolf Hitler, the animal loving artist. 
Well, he killed 20 million because Jews. He killed tw- <laughs> because he tried to wipe out an entire race of people and started a world war. Gypsies, Catholics. You are the sum of your parts. Even if you don't want to do Hitler. Do you know who Philip Markov is? Uh, he sounds like the type of dude that would have said cigarettes don't cause cancer. I don't know. Philip, Philip Markov was the Craigslist killer. Craigslist killer? If you remember that. It was, uh, it was a guy who... Um, uh, I don't know that. Philip Markov was a medical student who was, uh, was uh, he had all these crazy gambling debts. So he was ordering uh, prostitutes on Craigslist, murdering them, and stealing all their money. Wow. Yeah, it was bananas. Wow, what type of gambling debts did he have? I it's some crazy. I, I I have no idea. Uh, but I hope it was respectable, like horses, and it wasn't just like blackjack <laughs> or like fucking like. I I worked at the school that I worked for some time at the the school that he went to. I met this guy many uh, a, a handful of times. Okay, nice guy. Markov, to- Phil Markov, totally unassuming, nice guy. Yeah. People had nothing but great things to say about him. He held a held a door for me once. I was carrying a, a sixteen channel mixer. He held a door for me. Great guy. Why don't I remember Philip Markov as the the pleasant door holder? Well, he used to hire chicks off of fucking because he murdered people. And because you're you're you're. Who you are is a, is a, is a sum of your your whole actions. Like Jordan Peterson as. You know the clean your room guy, like that's great. But he's also the same guy who rallies against trans rights, who rallies against women's rights, who teaches people that women are intellectually inferior to men, and then it's our well, job. I haven't to- heard any of that. I heard about the trans right thing in the sense that fucking there was some sort of language being proposed with pronouns, and I thought it was a really fucking weird law to be. Well, I don't think it's a weird law to protect people, but like it was such a fucking. In-depth philosophical fucking approach uh-huh. that I was overwhelmed by it, uh-huh. and there's actually a parody. Oddly enough, Joe Rogan fucking posted it. It was like some dudes got this thing. It's a par- It's a comedy skit of uh, some dude doing a Jordan Peterson fucking impression, uh-huh. and he talks about Burger King, <laughs> and he talks about. No, here's the thing. I thought about this for two months, and Burger King. It's not a king. It's not ruling. Really, like, it's, but it's like really like ultra meta fucking dissection yeah. of language. And it's like I don't have time for that. I mean, I, I mean, it's cool that he's smart enough to sit around and talk about it uh-huh. at school, I guess. But shit, dude, fucking lobsters and serotonin and fucking—I mean, that's a little too much, right there, bro. And then when everything else you just mentioned is fucking not really up my alley to begin with, you he's know. He's really good at taking like established uh, concepts that were established by by much smarter people than him and trying to put, trying to rebrand it as his own. Wait. Uh, it, there's the whole uh, Jungian idea of archetypes where, you know, different cultures that never, ancient cultures that never, like, intersected, uh, you know, physically, geographically, have similar, uh, you know, iconography, etc. Um, and his thing is um, intersecting snakes where some people use serpent uh symbolism for you know uh fertility or you know wickedness or you know pe- people share like could pe- people share uh you know common goals and common you know uh sentiments etc where you know people need to uh, get food you need to you know survive you need to do all these things and they have these things in common so these things intersect with one another where you know snakes are like i said you know used for for certain things in in, in certain cultures and his thing is that uh ancient cultures the the aborigines and the the ancient chinese specifically uh saw these intersecting snakes and psychically knew that that's how uh dna looks 
under a microscope. Ah. Yeah. So it started this whole thing about people like tweeting like a fucking cluster of Twizzlers at him and like, look at this ancient DNA. That <laughs> his his thing is, that, I mean, he's he's admitted that he he doesn't like actually think this and he doesn't actually like believe this. But the idea is that they people psychically knew inside them that this is what their DNA looked like, and that's not an intelligent thing to say. So like fucking Rorschachs are fucking like a new. Dude, what the fuck? <laughs> like, yeah, that's my fucking T cell count. Yeah, no, I don't get it. Like, fucking, like, dude, that's fucking. I don't know. That guy's not even a biologist. What the fuck's he gonna do about that? This is all just philosophy, right? Is he like a philosophist or some shit? I think he's like a. Uh, he teaches it philosophy. His, his uh, discipline was like psychology or psychology. Yeah, yeah. Jesus Christ. Fucking, how do you feel about this Abby commercial on the on the on the TV as a vegan? It looks delicious, but I know it's from Arby's. So, yeah. <laughs> so see, that's the thing. Not necessarily committed enough to be the vegetarian or the vegan that I understand is beneficial for the sake of humanity. Uh-huh. However, I've changed the way I, I don't buy as much meat for mm-hmm. status. I, you know, I really try to cut out fucking big corporations and all that stuff. But then um, nowadays when I buy fucking uh, meat, pork, lamb, chicken, I go to the fucking farm. Mm-hmm. And I got like fucking two or three farms out in this area that I go to on a, I can go to any day of the week I want to and fucking mm-hmm. buy something fresh that came from the fucking field across the street. And I don't know. I feel a little bit, a lot better actually. Not just a little bit. I feel a lot better about myself because mm-hmm. for one, I'm eating fucking healthier fucking food and shit. Mm-hmm. I think you are what you eat. Not no fucking... You know, fucking antibiotic type motherfucker that's mm-hmm. all loaded up here. But furthermore, I fucking I feel like I'm fucking actually fucking could serve in the door locally, fucking better than most motherfuckers ever could. And you know, I'm, I'm Lo- keeping it locally. Locavores. Locavores. This is the word for yeah. Stop it. That's a fucking thing. <laughs> Locavores. It's on. a thing that I've heard. Yeah. Really. Uh, it's you know people that only that are willing to eat meat, but only want to do it from from local farms. Really. Yeah, and it's it's significant. I. I don't want to get into that whole thing, but yeah, it's it's a big difference from from factory farms. Oh no shit! Yeah, yeah. Uh, you're you're a you're a well traveled dude who eats meat. What's 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 your go to for fast food? If, <sighs> if you could have anything across the street right now, what would it be? Well, I'll tell you, the best fast food burger I've ever had in my life is uh, from a place called Culver's out in the Midwest, and they have a burger there that is just to die for. No shit. Yeah. But there's not too many of them. They're based out of, like, Wisconsin, and they only go to, like, Ohio and, like, central Illinois. No shit. Yeah. But if I had to get one of the big ones around here, it'd probably be Wendy's. <laughs> Wendy's. I had a lot of fun at Wendy's. Yeah? I I decided that I didn't want to remember meat fondly. I didn't want to be a fucking sad sack that was going to live the rest of my life as a vegan and say, oh, I wish I had a fucking... I wish I had a 99 Chicken Supreme in front of me right now. I For my last meal as a, as a meat eater... I went to the the downtown crossing Burger King, and he said, "Give me the stalest, <laughs> ugliest chicken sandwich you have." So that that's my lasting memory of meat is this fucking like rock hard, disgusting chicken sandwich sliding into my mouth. Fucking scared straight <laughs> shit. Oh fuck! Yeah. Oh, damn man. Yeah. No, dude. You know, actually, I've been really uh, I've been fucking reading a lot about French cooking lately. Okay. So like, but that's part of my thing too. I think that part of living healthy. It's also taking care of the budget. Mm-hmm. And honestly, after staring at a computer all day, there's nothing more relaxing than fucking cooking to me. Yeah. And just fucking disconnecting. But Saturdays, 
make it a big old meal prep so I fucking can fucking have lunch and fucking, you know, a little dinner during the week. Mm-hmm. Save money on fucking restaurant expenses. I'm not running out to the fucking fast food. Mm-hmm. Makes a huge, huge fucking difference for oh, me, yeah. dude, you know? What sucks is that I sit in a desk though for fucking 40 hours a week and uh-huh. I've gained 60 pounds in the past fucking <laughs> three years, guy. Fucking like... That's why I'm buying fucking John Joseph's book over here, thinking about fucking meat, meters for pussies, as they say. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. I'm going to start fucking training, kid. I'm fucking, I don't know what to do next. You know, a lot of people out here doing the Krav Maga. Yeah? Yeah. Krav Maga is good stuff. It's uh, Israeli, I hear. It is. It's a lot of kicking people in the nuts, but it's 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 practical. It's, uh, yeah, you can fuck somebody up with Krav Maga. So is Krav Maga, when you say that he's kicking people in the nuts, is this intentionally designed for women's self-defense? Krav Maga is designed to, if somebody is threatening your life, incapacitate them and get the fuck out of Dodge. Uh, if that means kicking them in the nuts, that means kicking them in the nuts. Do they teach this to all Israelis when they fucking, like, they have to have, like, service? Like, it's, like, mandatory all Israelis. They gotta have two years in the service. Is that what they learn for hand-to-hand combat? Probably, yeah. Oh, shit. I've never been in the Israeli army, so... Well, neither have I. I, I was hoping <laughs> you would have insight on this. No, but, I mean, that. this is... It's, that's where the art comes from, is, is that Israeli military, yeah. Okay. So I was watching some shit in the Fight Pass. It's called fucking Combat Karate. You've seen this? Boss Rutan's on it? No. But <laughs> it, you said you said the magic word already, Boss Rutan, so... Well, he's not fighting, but he does the ring announcing and the, and the, and the color. Uh-huh. And, uh... <laughs> I can't show you doing But it's, like, in a pit. Uh-huh. And, uh, it just kicks. Yeah. And strikes. That's it. Okay. It can't go... If you go on the ground, you're up for five seconds. Uh-huh. I wonder if that's the future of Frog of God. Because, like, we were talking about glory kickboxing. Well, briefly, I mentioned glory. I don't... I just don't understand why the stuff's not picking up. I don't... You know, it's beautiful to me. You know, it... Be- one of the funny, uh, one of the stupidest things that I keep seeing is um, if you've ever seen the group MMA fights, like you, you know, it, there's two places you'll see this on like Spike TV at fucking two o'clock in the morning or uh, on the internet for 10 seconds. And it's just like this European based thing where you've got like it's a four or four and five on five MMA fight. And it's it, it lasts like 30 seconds, like five guys charge each other. And then, like, somehow the fight is over with immediately. And it ends with, like, five guys kicking one guy in the head. Really? And everybody says, oh, this would catch on, like, fucking crazy in the U.S. <laughs> no, dude, this is fucking stupid. It is. Yeah, it's a stupid fucking waste of time. Uh, glory is the opposite of that. Glory is something where you, you got to think about it. You have to look at two guys. I mean, those are... the. That that's where most of my YouTube time is spent. You know, the old like Ernesto Hoost and and those motherfuckers like just watching those guys go to work on each other, and they're they're so tactical and they're so it, it's it's such smart fighting, and it's 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 brutal too. Oh yeah. 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 Oh, insanely brutal. Nothing like getting fucking kicked. Mm-hmm. Fuck. Yeah, I mean it's 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 as hard, if not harder, than like you can't you can't escape a good kickboxer by tackling him in in k1 you know but there's something watch would you rather like seeing a dude get punched five times with no defense or getting kicked fucking five times is totally fucking different dude yeah and we was talking about the muay thai like in the bangkok nights you see that dude guys getting chopped down fucking around the thigh and all that and mm-hmm. it's just like fuck like mm-hmm. after 30 fucking kicks it's like all right they're done yeah guy clearly broke his fucking leg I watched some uh, team shit though on here. It was uh, Quintet. 
It's like team grappling. Ugh, that yeah. sounds like torture. <laughs> well, Sakuraba was on it. Oh, yeah? And uh, Josh Barnett, they were on the same team. Okay. And uh, it's kind of like an elimination team style where you got to fucking wrestle. Like, you grapple on fucking a five-on-five, but, but it's not all at once. It's like a rotating fucking, like, mix-and-pick type fucking mm-hmm. thing and shit. And fucking, if you win, you win, and you move on, then you gotta get, take on the next guy, and then he beats you, then you're out, then the next guy, and your team comes in, it's weird. It does sound weird. I was always really shitty at grappling, so I, it's not my, not my art of choice. I don't, at that point, I'd rather just watch pro wrestling. Yeah? Yeah. Is it more sophisticated, do you think? Um, it's, it's not just back and forth and side to side. It's 360 degrees. It's, you know, I, and this is what made Ronda Rousey so good, even though she wasn't an especially good striker, is that your back hits the mat and you do not have time to think about it. You don't have time to say, ah, shit, my back is on the mat. Okay, what should I be doing now? You need to be in transition immediately. Uh, and not everybody gets that. Um, it, it's, it's cool because it, it kind of changes your, your perception on everything in that the the central philosophy to jiu-jitsu is not uh, – you don't solve your problems by uh, pushing away from it. You don't always solve your problems by muscling it out, out of your way. You change your, your position in relation to the situation. You change your position in relation to the universe around you. Uh, and that's how you solve issues in, in, in jiu-jitsu. You, you know, if somebody's on top of me, it's not a matter of I need to bench press this dude off of me because that only works until, you know, you find somebody bigger or stronger than you. It's I need to change the position. I need to get to a different spot where I have a different chance at leveraging. It's, it's, it's cool philosophically. It's hard to do in practice. Philosophically, what are you talking about? It's an art? It's just a matter of it's, it's a way that you approach life. The way that you approach your problem-solving techniques. Were you bored when Meryl Streep said that fucking like martial art or whatever isn't like the fucking real thing, and we need more like Tony Awards or whatever she said? Yeah, uh, I'll be honest with you, I didn't watch it, and uh, nothing Meryl Streep has said has, has ever really affected me all that really? much. Were you a tough guy? You don't get bothered by people and celebrities <laughs> saying stuff? It's, you know, we. We tend to we we tend to gravitate towards you know celebrities and you know this back and forth between celebrities don't matter and but this so and so celebrity said this you know they they celebrities exist because they 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 have a way of articulating ideas really well that sometimes we aren't always able to do on our own uh, and I think that's wonderful uh, but it really shouldn't affect the way we. We go about our lives, but if, you know, if if I've said this on, on on Facebook, like if if we're really looking to to divvy up the celebrities and who gets who, like the right versus left was over with the day we got Robert De Niro. Really, the day we got Jimmy Conway, Jimmy the fucking killer, like the 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 battle was over with. Flawless victory. Flawless really? victory. You're not gonna come back with Scott Baio and Duck Dynasty and tell me that. <laughs> yeah, who is there? Like even Arnold's not even on their side no more. No, really. man. Arnold's a big like climate change pr- uh, promoter. Who is that? James Woods? James Woods, yeah. I like James Woods. <laughs> I do. <laughs> what? I, I don't know. He's from I Rhode Island. I don't want to talk about James Woods. All right. <laughs> but, but who's the biggest fucking, what? I mean, Ted Nugent? Yeah, I get who, I mean, who a is A guy it? who has a, like, a riff to his credit. 
What, Stranglehold? Like, I'm talking Cat Scratch Fever. Like, I can't name anything yeah. else besides the You're gonna the go opening. with Stranglehold, dude. Come I on. don't know what the fuck that is. You never heard of Stranglehold? No. Dude. You'd probably play it and be like, oh, yeah, there, that song. Oh, that's a sick fucking intro. I don't know. That's a sick intro. I think most of... Most Randy of Couture walked in on that <laughs> shit. I'm like fucking UFC fucking 14. It was like one of the few uh-huh. times like it came out like when they had cartoons. It wasn't just that fucking. You don't, like, you don't remember Randy Couture versus Tim Sylvia, but you remember that he came out in USC 14 <laughs> just fucking stranglehold. Dude, I'm not gonna lie. We watched that Ted Nugent Joe Rogan episode, and my wife got so fired up about killing animals, she was uh-huh. ready to go buy a bow and animal. But you know, she's native. <laughs> she gets into it. You uh-huh. know, it's fucking calling from the grave. You know. Uh-huh. But you know, then again, too, I love deer, and it, like I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I don't know if you know this or not, but I'm a local vor. Okay. And uh, that's how I roll. You I know? heard that. Like, yeah. yeah, I'm a local vor. <laughs> fucking discovering myself over here. All right. Fucking, there's a new allegation that Trump is accusing Google of rigging results against them. That's fucking interesting. <laughs> Google's been doing Google's been doing things like that for a long time. Um, where, uh, you know, I. I Net neutrality is a, a, a big thing for me, but like when the debate first started, Google was uh, was admitted they were putting um, results that were more, were more favorable to them and their side of net neutrality uh, at the top of their their search hits. Um, so Google's been they, they it's a rarity, but they'll occasionally admit that they you know change uh, change their their algorithms around to favor things like that. Is it possible that fucking they've just determined that Trump's not a popular dude that people want to fucking figure, like, and this is just a weird three-dimensional fucking approval poll? Uh-huh. Yeah, it's entirely possible that maybe Donald Trump's just not a very good president. Yeah. Really? I never thought of that. I mean, I, <laughs> I according to him, uh-huh. never been better, Mike. Never been better. Uh-huh. I heard him say the other day that if they stopped making him be president, Everybody would be poor, and the market would crash. Yeah, that's how we're solving our problems now. Uh, just saying, if you if you point out all the wrong things I did, everyone's gonna revolt. I mean, that's that's nothing new. <laughs> you you don't think he's gonna lose? I mean, well, like, let's go back to that blue wave though. Is that gonna come, or is there gonna be a red wall? Red wall. I fuck, man. I don't know. Uh, like I said, I think people. Enough people have seen exactly what can go wrong when you put these shitheads in power that, you know, they're ready to vote for something else. What if there's a big green fucking vine from a tree that grows and pulls down the wall and just sucks up all the water instead? There's no blue wave. It's just a green fucking... A green vine? Yeah. (laughs) These are our choices. Red wall, blue wave... Green vine. Dude, I'm telling you, at the fucking checkout now with the ATM card, you got more options. It's tap, swipe, chip, fucking uh-huh. like, you know, but the voter box is fucking, it's, she's got two there. Fucking that's it. The you two know? genders, swipe or chip. <laughs> There's no pronouns there. <laughs> swipe or chip, the two party, uh-huh. party pronouns. Yeah. I don't know. Things are weird, dude. I don't know. Very strange times. Strange times indeed. That That's the best way to put it, I think. Yeah. Well, that's the name of Joe Rogan's comedy tour. I don't know if you've... Uh, Is it? Yeah. Right. I know you can't stand them. You got me, Joe. <laughs> All right, so what do you want to promote here today? Anything good? Uh, Shroud of Bereavement Sucks, uh, Brandon Finney's a neo-Nazi. Um, 
That's all I got. Really? Go, pa- go right. Patriots. Wait. Okay. So let's 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 talk. <laughs> what what can we do? New Hampshire's a common thread here on the on the shroud of bereavement oh, wow, and look the brand, at that. Brandon Thinniness. <laughs> yeah. So uh, who's who's shroud of bereavement and who's Brandon Thinny? I don't get this. Shroud of oh, these are two two uh, two, two different things. Uh, we talked about shroud of bereavement on the last one. Uh, it's a it's a it was a metal band. Uh, that bored people to death in the early 2000s, and now it's one guy who rants and raves about how horrible uh, the world is to a fucking moron uh, stonemason who can't, you know, survive his own shitty choices in life and leaves his own doesn't put gas in his hybrid truck and gets mad at the hybrid truck for dying. <laughs> really, he did that. He did that. <laughs> <laughs> Stop it! Really? <laughs> this is the yeah. We had this whole discussion about Dan blaming all his problems on Papaginos and this massive uh, conspiracy. Well, it's important to note that the only reason he bored people to death was that it was like funeral doom metal. And, yeah, you know, I and mean, it was it's kinda- bad. Dan sucks, and he's never going to stop. I'll get to Brandon Finney, who's who holds an elected position. Brandon Finney post used to post a Return of the Pit as uh, as Conquer the Baphomet. Con- uh, so wait, Return to the Pit. This yeah. is a, a, a website that everybody can go to. It's yeah. returntothepit.com. Returntothepit.com, the 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 original internet. The original intimate. <laughs> ITTP was an old fucking uh, you know don't name name. You know. Brandon, Brandon was. Uh, a guy who was I mean we're this is on the message yeah, board he yeah. wasn't in a band he yeah. wasn't in pitches exactly he everybody thinks they have shit figured out when they're 19 but Brandon was a guy who was this weirdo Christian zealot uh, when we all first found out about him uh, who was really into the idea that uh, Jesus is the greatest thing in the world but you can find Jesus without organized religion how can you prove that it's all online how, well, how would I find that? I don't get it. Returnofthepit.com. What would I search? What, just Brandon Finney? What, did he have a name or something? Yeah, we just said that. I can't remember. Conquer, I, conquer the Baphomet. Oh, Conquer was, the Baphomet. All right, all right, was, all right. Was, was right. Brandon Finney's okay. uh, all right. uh, alter ego. And then he graduated from that to, I mean, this, this is a guy I've met once in my life, to um, uh, Brandon Finney, the... the uh, uh, fervorous uh, anti-religion uh, individual who was in a band called God Crusher uh, with a bunch of sketchos from New Hampshire. He was in a band with that dude Travis who from uh, Vatier who had all these, uh, you know, Vatier was one of those like wink and nudge, like we're not a neo-Nazi band, but we're gonna play with neo-Nazi bands and do interviews with neo-Nazi zines and uh, you know batter eyelashes at neo-Nazi labels and and promote ourselves like an NSBM band, but get really mad when someone calls us that if it costs us a show. Um, so Brandon was got big into that that whole New Hampshire like black metal scene with you know a bunch of shitheads pretending they're not Nazis and throwing zigs at shows. I thought he was a Christian. What no, no, no. He, he gave up on this. Oh. Now he's a guy with a brand new deicide shirt. Like, 
like like frighteningly like bright brand new DSI shirt in his <laughs> at, at at the God Crusher shows. Really? Yeah, and they're going on these rants about fucking minor like the they were the fucking one life crew of like death metal, and that they these rants about like minorities bleeding the country dry with welfare and like like dude, I thought you were like a fucking devil worship uh, death metal band. Like, why is your whole platform? Uh, brown people are, are killing America. Uh, so that went about as well as any shitty band can go. Um, that fell apart, and then, you know, this he's still trying to, like, be liked by someone. He tried to be a police officer. He tried to be a state trooper. And no ends, way. Come on. And Cop? ends up landing uh, in a... Uh, uh, I don't even know what the hell his, his role is. He's like a selectman or something like that. No. Like the lowest like possible like elected a, a position you He's can find. He's an alderman. Something like is he? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Fuck but it, it you know it, he 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 did uh now he's a he's a libertarian. Uh, he got elected and changed from switched from uh, the Republican Party. Now he's a libertarian. Come on, because libertarianism. Uh, he is, can't flip flop this many times. Come on, it, he can't. Come on. This is. I mean, in, I mean, this is leaving out his whole fascination with uh, Return of Kings and the the pro rape rallies and like all the shit that. Wait, 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 wait. whoa, whoa. You don't on. remember Return of Kings? Return of Kings was uh, this really in, involved troll, or is this this guy who would. Uh, say that he was holding like pro rape rallies and people would get all fired up about it and say they were going to go shut down the rallies and then the rally wouldn't happen because it was never going to fucking happen uh, but Brandon was really fired up about that because you know men are being oppressed and, <laughs> and such and, yeah. we don't have kings in America what's this what's he going to do that but now his his thing is you know I'm a libertarian and I'm you know I'm the cool like metal libertarian and I'm going to get you know uh, you know I'm people are going to be allowed to to drink beer on stage at a venue and that's going to be my my platform and it <laughs> seriously he, in New and, Hampshire yeah but the thing <laughs> that is that like, is a thing though I got to say you cannot drink beer on stage in New Hampshire if you play a show. <laughs> I'm dead serious, fucking Michael. Hillary. I know you don't fucking know that, but that's been going on for years. If you play a show in New Hampshire, you cannot drink beer on stage. So, so Brandon, uh, he, he did a he did an a, a live AMA um, with a what's an AMA? Ask me anything okay. with a uh, this libertarian uh, Facebook page, <laughs> and that predictably got crashed <laughs> by a bunch of people who pointed out that he, you know, used to post. Uh, you know, neo-Nazi symbols, fucking death's heads, uh, the, and post a, a lot of really horrendous things on Facebook. And his, instead of addressing it, like, you know, you and I know people who went the wrong way in life and, you know, went down a path that was that, that led them to, to neo-Nazism. I mean, I, you and I both know one person who, who we can name. Uh, Keith from, from Panzer Bastard, and he's addressed this publicly a number of times that he's, you know, it was what he did at the time, and it was totally out of his mind, and he's, you know, worked really hard to be the, the, the opposite person from that. And Keith's addressed this over and over and over again, and he give, gives himself no slack, and I, I respect him for it. And Brandon's a person who, uh, you know, 
after all these changes, these like staunch ideological changes in his life, will not address that he was very, very much uh, involved in uh, in this New Hampshire black metal neo-Nazi uh, scene. Uh, would not uh, acknowledge that he knows, you know, uh, Paul and, and Cold Northern Vengeance and those guys would not acknowledge at all that he ever had any, any, I mean, he's, this is a guy who's still fucking Facebook friends with all those goons, uh, won't acknowledge publicly that he knows who any of these guys are, what any of these things are. Uh, and I, I can't respect that, man. I can't do it. Well, I know Paul. I mean, I, I like yeah. Northern. I think they're a brilliant band. They're, but great. Like, they're a really cool band. Yeah. But, but you can't just say, you are. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, come yeah. on, dude. Like, like seriously? Uh-huh. Come on. Yeah, I mean, for, ah. for a bunch of morons, are a really cool band, but like, <sighs> I think Paul's a genius in some respects. But he's <laughs> which respect is that? That he can write a good riff and a good write, song, but fucking, I'm not saying he's cool riff, yeah, right, but, but fucking, like, I think he's a brilliant fucking songwriter. I've said that to his face and shook his hand, and I'll say it right now. I think Paul's a fucking brilliant fucking songwriter. He is an incredible he composer. Did I, I put it in writing on on Return of the Pit? I, not Return of the Pit on uh, Curtis Obscurum. I reviewed the the last uh, yeah. CMV record, and yeah. I said, just so everybody knows, I'm not playing favorites here. I once told Paul I didn't like his band and he, I didn't like his demo and he threatened to shoot me. But I like this record. <laughs> <laughs> I love the demo. I got a copy. I'll right, show you my copy later. Like. But like uh, Pass Noir. Pass Noir is a fucking amazing uh, black yeah, metal band. From France. And that dude is the biggest fucking moron. Yeah, I took my th- patch off my vest. I had one. I won't lie. Uh, I just it, outed myself doing it. But like I felt bad. But that's the thing. It's like I don't want anything to do with it in general. It's just, it's, you know. He's a fucking idiot. Like. I, I, I is another dude like I just I mean I I don't understand like why people can't just say what they believe you know if if we're if we're so caught up on we need free speech we need to say what we believe you know Pestnoir is a guy who, who goes on interviews and says you know people get so caught up in this binary thing of Nazi not Nazi like there's no real like motherfucker you wrote a record called Aryan Supremacy yeah. you wrote that that's the thing you put your name on yeah. you fucking belong to to actual like political parties that, that are promoting the Nazi just fucking say the thing that you believe in if that's if if that means so much to you the dude from Alsace was doing that too with him back then yeah I don't like that doesn't but that's real. That. <laughs> okay, like the dude yeah. from Alsace was in that lineup after the, he was in the uh, full fuck folly, uh, folk fuck folly fucking demo, uh-huh. which was before it was right around that fucking Aryan supremacy demo time. Pesnoir, he, he got involved in some. Oh fuck, it was so embarrassing. Uh, this uh, this like coalition of like NSBM musicians in in Europe. And they called themselves like the Brotherhood of Steel or something. <laughs> and I'm just thinking about a poo listening, listening to Principal Skinner's explanation of Billy and the Clonosaurus, <laughs> and just like this 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 what passage of time like montage where he comes back to, and then you give it the a name that no one you gave it a name that no one could possibly like. Uh. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's it's. Dude, this NSBM shit's complicated because we were talking about it in, uh, in Tifa earlier. Uh-huh. And it's like there's been fucking numerous boning bands that fucking get outed and this and that. Uh-huh. But like, is fucking? Do you think the thing against Death in June is fucking necessary? No. Why not? It's Death in June is an elderly homosexual playing guitar about like uh, about God knows what with the, with the fascination for like uh, the, like Roman sculpture work. 
Like, what? What are we accomplishing by by harassing this guy? I don't know. I you don't know, know. <laughs> the, the whole fascination with shutting down the, the Graveland show in in Montreal. Like, what? What are we? What are we accomplishing? It, it only diminishes things when we go back to fight actual textbook Nazis who are grasping for political power, and then we have to say, "Oh, but you guys call everybody a Nazi." Yeah, pretty much. Call themselves that with the grammar and the commas and the Oxford and all that. <laughs> Fuck, you know, everything's yeah. a Nazi now. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like there's a good doc on. I think it's called Unresolved, and it was about a fucking uh, uh, high school debate team from like urban California, and two dudes in that fucking turned the whole debate team culture upside down and won everything in between. Mm-hmm. And fucking, it was just really about fucking beating the system ultimately, mm-hmm. and fucking like. The one thing about fucking the high school debate and collegiate debate is that if you if you prove that it comes back to like Nazism, a fucking atomic war mm-hmm. warfare, you win. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's sort of like that's what I find with fucking Nazism and that whole fucking sort of sort of fucking knee jerk fucking he's a Nazi, <laughs> fucking Nazi. Uh-huh. But yeah, it's just I don't know. But then again, too. You're not calling the guy a Nazi up in New Hampshire who's an elected fucking official. Mm-hmm. You're just saying that fucking he's not fucking truly speaking his mind about what he believes in and fucking ultimately fucking hiding. I think that the Libertarian Party, at least at a local level, knows about this. Uh, and they've tried to talk around this. Uh, and at the very least, if you, regardless of whether or not you think Brandon's a neo-Nazi whether or not you think, you know, what his rationale was for hanging around with these people. Uh, I, there's enough evidence to suggest that this guy is not, does not possess the qualities of a leader, does not possess the qualities of somebody who is stable-minded enough to make decisions that are going to affect the lives of other people. Uh, and I think eventually, like I said, instead of just going around the circle of, of everybody's got the right to say what they want, that's great. Eventually, you got to be the big boy. you got to be an adult and say, this is not a person who should be holding a position of power. You know? I think you guys should have debate together on here. <laughs> None of this AMA fucking Skyping bullshit. Fucking... Uh-huh. We'll have a beer on stage. You don't have to have a... Actually, no, you can't have a beer on stage. Would you go to New Hampshire and debate the kid? Would you confront them with me on the podcast? Why the... Dude, let's just fight. You just want to fight? <laughs> let's oh. just fight. Mm. Fuck it. Okay. Man, that's the that's the, that's the the original debate, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, it's shit like this that, like, I say all the time, libertarianism is going to go down as the okay soda of fucking political history. Like, it, it it's, you know... Yeah, take a fucking stand on something. Like, it... it I have friends who are libertarians who are libertarians for, for, for a long time and they're, they're smart people and they believe that you know smaller government's the way to go and they've made a really good case for a lot of things and I, I, I respect libertarianism and that they, they, they're not bound to left or right and they're able to draw a little from both sides and that's great. But you get debates like excise tax. Why are we paying excise tax? Um, you know, it's a percentage based off of the value of your car, the car that you bought with your own money. Why does the why does your local government feel like they're they're due a part of that? And it, a lot of reasonable people would sit there and say, yeah, why why does the government get a cut of this? Like they they didn't do anything. And then you take that, and it's just a, it, libertarian just opens the door for people to say, yeah. And also, why do we need driver's licenses? It's like. 
you need driver's license because you want a minimal amount of competency on the on, on the road of people that could kill you with with the cars like this is a this is a public benefit no 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 they're, they're selling you a right back to yourself sometimes regulation is a good thing sometimes it works out in, in in public service and and to just say that we want to throw everything out the window for the sake of this free speech free for all like that's not an adult way to look at things free speech free for all there's a lot that's going on there though is, yeah see the thing about the centrist uh-huh. is a centralist i don't know what you call it uh-huh. but uh it's it's a dirty word uh-huh. however why can't there needs to be some sort of viable solution where you take a little bit of each side i think reasonably intelligent people can understand emotionally and understand emotionally why people fucking make decisions, logical uh-huh. decisions about who they are and economics, blah, 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 right? Mm-hmm. But why can't we just say, okay, so you got a little here and you got a little there and probably a little bit from the libertarians and the progressives and mm-hmm. fucking, you know, whoever else. That's what I think. I, I wish centralism kind of came to that, where ultimately it's like the Venn diagram, motherfucker. Not just like, oh, I don't want to take a side here. And it's like not like some neutral motherfucker. But that, like, you I mean, know. that'd be great if it was if it was uh, if if, the, if it was that kind of uh, idealistic thing where, yes, we're drawing a little bit from both sides and we're coming together with a plan that makes the most sense for everybody. But you've got in the early '90s, uh, the Democrats had um, they just lost you know two giant presidential elections to you know. Uh, uh, Ronald Reagan. They they had put up Walter Mondale against. Uh, yeah, they they had gone to two presidential elections with Walter Mondale and and fucking uh, Michael Dukakis as their candidates and just got smoked in two elections. So that the Democratic leadership committee came together with, and Bill Clinton was was one of the founding members of this, and they said, you know, we need to push our platform uh more to the right to to look like we're not you know soft on crime that we're not you know these pushovers we need to be more sympathetic to right-leaning voters so what that did is it it moved the center over to the right but it also moved the right way the fuck over to the right and the right just kept moving further further over so the center isn't necessarily the center anymore center is right center and if you want to compromise with people that are on the batshit right, you've got to shift even further over to the right. You see where this is going? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So that's why centrism isn't the ideal solution that it, it, it could be. Yeah. Because it's never exactly like, again, like that Venn diagram. You're measuring on a line. It's exactly hard line. It's yeah. not like a three-dimensional fucking let's take a little bit of everything. Yeah. It's so fucking partisan right now. Yeah, and that's why Bernie Sanders, a guy who's, you know, a career politician and a millionaire, etc., is looked at as a as a far left leaning uh, you know, sycophant by by some folks. Uh when he's he's, you know, left center, really, uh, in the overall course of things. It's weird when you have periods of bipartisan versus straight partisan. Mm-hmm. And we're in partisan right now. Yep. And I don't know. It's weird even with Massachusetts, though, with um, Charlie Baker. Uh-huh. Like, all these Massachusetts governors, they do nothing. 
They actually, I, I think this guy's weak. I'm going to say it. I think he's a little soft. Uh-huh. However, he did some good things with heroin. But, like, I don't know, Deval Patrick, I'm not saying he's a fucking fantastic dude, but it just seems like he was actively doing more. And there's so much resistance to, like, fucking these, you know, right-wing guys and fucking mm-hmm. libertarians. It's like, it's not our place in government to do anything. Well, why are you there? Uh-huh. You know? Like, I, I don't get it. Like, fucking, if you don't want to do anything, why do you have to fucking consume fucking office and fucking, mm-hmm. you know, take it all up? It's fucked up. But you know what they should be doing is fucking making fucking uh, stands against fucking drinking beer on stage in fucking New Hampshire. I think that's a good use of public time, don't you think? Somebody please get the beer out of fucking. <laughs> I can't even like think. I can't. I can't even think of a New Hampshire band. Distrust. You remember them? No. Oh my god! Old, old, old New Hampshire. Systematic suicide. Were, that was a good band. Hand choke neck. Hand choke neck. <laughs> I bought my fucking old... Uh, actually, one of my cabs came from there years ago. From yeah, was it old... off Hoser, the Nazi cop? No. <laughs> Is he a cop now? Hoser's a cop. Where? I, on Return of the Pit. Uh, he's a, he's like a sergeant in um, in um, uh, somewhere in New Hampshire. Oh, jeez. Surprise, surprise. Um, yeah, he, he stopped posting on Return of the Pit abruptly. Uh, stopped posting right-wing uh, propaganda and calling the president... A racial slur calling Barack Obama racial slurs as soon as somebody outed him as a cop. Go figure. He was still posting on Return the Pit in like two thousand eight. Like who's been <laughs> like who went there? Like nobody's been going there for ten years. You know what I mean? Like, he was an OG, yeah. Uh, yeah, he was. He was. He definitely was. That's weird. Fuck. Shit. Return the pit. So there's a lot of history there. I mean, there's that's kind of how I knew you. That, that's what's interesting about that. Should get Reverend on here. Fucking talk uh-huh. about all the fucking bullshit that's there. But I don't know. He, I mean, he still got pitches, and it's just nowadays and what there's just a fucking barren wasteland of fucking contempt and fucking. <laughs> you know? Yeah, you need a fucking hazmat suit to view Return of the Pit these days. Yeah. It's weird because you know, it, you know, people, you know, get on Return of the Pit in the old message board days, and it it really just breeded a lot of it, a lot of horrible shit went on there, and that's and that's that's all it's all history. But you know. It's. It was a place for people to gather. Like you could go there and post a flyer for a show, and everybody would know about it. And now it's like it's it's really displaced now that everything's on Facebook, and then you yeah. can just kind of wall yourself off and stuff. And I, I I give you you and Kevin credit, and and, and Chris, you guys do a great job of promoting and, and getting people out to shows. Like I I don't know how they'll you deal with, with with things the way they are now. You got to deal with the bands who are willing to do with it. Yeah. And even with my podcast, it's crazy. I, I know who the fuck shares a fucking episode, uh-huh. you know, and who doesn't, you uh-huh. know. Like, it's very clear to me, fucking like, you know. <laughs> but ultimately, fucking, yeah, bands don't fucking hustle the same, uh-huh. you know. And there was such a the urgency to play. It was like, you had a gig once a month, it felt like. Uh-huh. And nowadays, fucking people are like, well, if, if there's something in the next six months that's worth us playing, we'll play it. But I don't know. It's, I don't know. You know, bands couldn't fucking... A place like the Chopping Block wouldn't be a thing nowadays, I think. Exactly. You know? Yeah. It, it was too... It was too it was too much of a grind, straight up. It was uh-huh. too much of a... It's too much of a grind for bands nowadays to deal with. Yeah. And that's the thing. Ralph's works because you got free packing and fucking... It's a fantastic environment and a fucking good crew that's there to fucking accommodate you and fucking take care of everything and... I don't miss having to hustle shit into O'Brien's and then move my car to the other side of Alston now. Yep. 
Yeah, I went there again for the first time several years uh, for that band Occultva. Uh, I don't know if you've heard them. Fantastic German black metal band. Um, but yeah, I ended up going, and then this run fest we saw. I went to O'Brien's like three times this summer. It was, it was mm-hmm. great. I love seeing it, but still, it's a pain and tick to get to. And I don't know. It's just one of those things. I always feel like no matter what, we're going to be perpetual old men getting together, fucking bitching about the old days or fucking whatever's going on. Dude. Uh-huh. It's weird. Yeah. You know, it's not not a lot of optimism in the world these days. What about the Patriots? Let's be. Uh, give me a prediction. I want to wrap this up for you. We're at two hours. Fucking. I don't know. Sixteen and zero. Too optimistic. Um, no, it's. <laughs> uh, they get a tough schedule. I, I, they're going through the, the NFC North this year. Uh, NFC North is fucking loaded. Yeah. Um, but I like the roster. I think it's uh, people are stressing out about the wide receiver position. I mean, your your one two three is is Gronkowski, Edelman, uh, Dorsett, and then uh, Hogan. I mean, that's not fucking bad at all. Um, Depth behind that is a concern, um, but uh, you know you'll see some some trades, etc. Uh, I I they're gonna win the division. They're gonna contend for the conference title again. Uh, I think uh, their two biggest threats uh, in the AFC are the same threats they had last year, which are Pittsburgh and Jacksonville. And I think Jacksonville still playing the in their minds, still playing the AFC Championship from last year. So I I don't, I don't know how that's going to work out for them. Uh, Pittsburgh's fucking loaded. Good uh, James Watt. They they're they're one two three receivers are you know Antonio Brown is the best wide receiver in football. Uh, Schuster, who's I think is phenomenal, and then James Washington, uh, the rookie, who is also outstanding. Uh, they're going to be really hard to stop. But at at their heart, they're still the Pittsburgh Steelers. They're still the fucking the team that couldn't get a play call in with with, <laughs> with you know twenty eight seconds left to go in the with the with the seat with the fucking number one seat on the line. I know. I went I went back and I watched that game, and it's just like. Uh, I'll close on this. Malcolm Butler made one of the worst plays I've ever seen him make, and he followed up with uh, low-key one of the best plays you'll ever see a cornerback make in that he uh, – uh, he the Jesse James touchdown that, that was overturned on a very obvious drop. Uh, Butler, he's on the, the left side of the line. Darius Hayward Bay's in the backfield, and he follows it's, – it's a cover three across the top, and for whatever reason – Butler doesn't pass off. Uh, Herod Bay uh, cuts out to the opposite side flat. Butler follows him across the field and leaves a big wide open space, which is where Jesse James scores uh, the uh, the non touchdown. Because uh, as information, he he dr- he dropped the ball. Uh, <laughs> but in the very next play, um, it's twins right, and it's uh, it looks like a, a a zone cover look, but it's actually. I think it's a cover two with man cover underneath, uh, and it's twins right with um, Butler's on the outside matched up on Darius Hayward Bay, um, fucking track star speed, and on the inside is is Eli Rogers. Rogers just stand they snap the ball. Rogers stands up from his stance and he doesn't do anything. He forces the the inside corner to stand still, and he makes Butler run into him almost. And the idea is it Hayward Bay's on a, a shallow crosser across the uh, across the middle of the field. The idea is to make Butler run into this the the corner right. and free up Darius Hayward Bay, one of the, the the fastest guy on the team, to run wild and run in the end zone. Somehow, some way, just because he wanted it more, Malcolm Butler makes up the ground. And makes a stop in bounds with 
uh, with like 20 seconds left in the game. Save save the number one seed right there. Oh shit! And that's that's the play. I, I I mean, people remember you know obviously the Super Bowl interception, but that's one of the plays I'll always remember Malcolm Butler for. Just make it a pure effort stop uh, and make it up for a big mental mistake on the play before. Um, yeah. You feel good about the fucking releasing of him and all? Uh, I'd rather he be here, but, uh, you know, I like the roster as is. Okay. I I don't know if they're going to win. My most positive negative on this would be I would put money that they win at least nine games. No, double digits wins, definitely. Yeah? Yeah. How do you think they do against the rest of the fucking uh, the, the division? Fucking the, those six games. The division's a fucking joke, dude. Six and oh? I, I don't see why they... I mean, they'll maybe drop a trap game here or, or, or like last year against the, the Dolphins. Yeah, they're going to lose in Miami, dude. I just plan on it. I, I think uh, the Jets aren't, on, aren't in a place to compete right now. Uh what if the Jets get hot though? Fucking they. What if they get hot? If somebody's on. A, what if? What if the injury happens that we all fear with somebody? I don't know who the fuck it is, but everything changes. And then like you're just in this situation where fucking you're gonna lose fucking a game or two. What if everything changes? Then everything's different. But it, as is, um, the Jets aren't in a place to compete. Buffalo's a mess. Miami's an even bigger mess. Uh, I the division's not a fucking concern to me. All those teams fucking suck. So what's the two games you're sweating the most on the on the schedule right now? <sighs> Minnesota, Green Bay, mm. Minnesota. I mean, I, I I'm fine with you know those teams killing each other. That that Minnesota. They, look, I mean, look at their depth chart. They're they're they their four cornerbacks are first round pick, first round pick, first round pick, second round pick. Yeah. Trey Wayne's, uh, Xavier, fuck, Xavier Rhodes, uh, Mike Hughes, who's their first round pick from this year, I'm super high on, and then Mackenzie Alexander, uh, and then they've got just talent everywhere on that defense. They're they're going to be phenomenal, uh, and they're going to be really tough to beat. I think if I was a football fan outside of New England, if I had to choose one fucking division, it'd be the NFC North. I've always admired the way that they play their fucking football. Mm-hmm. And that whole thing right there, and that's where it is. And we get to we get to play Detroit too, and fucking Chicago, <laughs> yeah. fucking all that. Uh-huh. Fucking, I ended up going sort of heavy on the NFC North this year in, the, in our fantasy league. Uh-huh. Fucking, I'm ashamed I lost. I gotta get my dues. But fucking last year I lost the fucking like the uh, the the Super Bowl match by like a half a point or some shit. It was yeah. like the lowest scoring <laughs> fucking game of the year. It was like sixty two to sixty one and a half or some uh-huh. shit. Brutal. Devastating loss, but what can you do? I don't know. What can you do? How, how'd you, uh, I, I, I got to say, I was prepared for the uh, a Patriots fucking defeat in Super Bowl fucking uh, against the Eagles here. I mm-hmm. thought they came in a little too cocky. Uh, I'm not really ashamed that they lost. However, fucking uh, the Eagles fans just fucking suck dick <laughs> and fucking you know. That's oh, the, I just don't like dealing with this for the next you know, all my life. Now we're gonna hear about this, you know. People Brady dropping a pass. What NFL the fuck? fans want it so badly for for anybody but Patriot fans yeah. to celebrate, and they got Eagles fans out of it. So g- good luck, everybody. <laughs> yeah. What can you to do? I don't know. But the 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 better team won. They played the better game. That it's it's awful because that game was almost Tom Brady's masterpiece. Fucking 500 yards of yeah. offense in a, in a Super Bowl, and, track. He, and he still lost the game. Yeah. Um, 
It was very close to but the, the better team, the better roster won. Nick Foles, uh, you know, one way or another, he played he, he, the week before, two weeks before, he had shredded the best defense in the NFL. Give the guys respect, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I don't know, but we'll see what happens. Um, do you got a take on the Raiders before we close out with John Gruden at the helm nowadays? <laughs> I'm excited. I Somebody said today that, uh, what the fuck? They're waiting. They're they're gonna release Khalil Mack and sign him back when he hits his thirties. So he makes, <laughs> Who said that? It was just somebody with a joke because they don't make the the age requirements for for a John Gruden team. I don't know what the fuck that dude's doing over there. Uh, I don't see it working out anyway. They they grabbed John. They, they grabbed. I loved Gruden as a broadcaster. Uh, grabbed the guy essentially off the couch. He he, he hadn't been connected to football in a long time. Um, it's it's just funny. Because you've got so many like talented assistant coaches all over the league, and people are still rolling out, uh, you know, the fucking Greg Williamses and the people Marty Morningweg and you know people that that, that are proven that can't like you're still gonna hear rumors about Bill Carr and like Matt Cavanaugh and all these fucking dipshits that 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 failed at football ten years ago. Um, yeah, the the NFL is, is it's it, it loves shooting itself in the foot, and the coaching decisions are no different. Well, I think that's because that that fucking ginger owner they got over there, that fucking <laughs> genetic disaster. What's his name? Mark Davis. Mark Davis. That's Mark it. Davis. Oh Jesus! I think he fucking made he made the call on that. He just wanted to play fucking John Gruden. <laughs> fucking that's it. I see that kid being like, uh, what's that John Waters movie? Uh, Fucking with the broad, she's in a diaper in the crib and all that. Fucking, uh, I think that was basically every John Waters movie. Yeah, <laughs> female trouble, a fucking dirty shame. One of yeah, them, yeah. like, I don't know. I just see Mac Davis being that way, <laughs> but anyways, on that note, dude, I want to thank you for taking the time to come out here. Yeah, man, thanks for thanks for having me. Definitely worked out. I, I can't believe I didn't fucking record and I still fucking came off of you know a decent episode. So. <laughs> did, you hit the, did you hit the record this time? Or yeah, no, it's playing right there. All right, yeah, yeah. I mean, I got shit to, I don't know if I can stay for two hours. Into the, no, I, <laughs> I know, seriously. Uh-huh. Well, thanks for your time, dude, and um, you know, we'll uh check in again hopefully uh, with another Super Bowl ring or uh. Maybe an impeachment to talk about or a potential fucking uh, charity boxing match. Return of the pit style. Uh, who knows? Who we'll waits? So, yeah. Thanks for your time, Mike. Appreciate Thank it. You.